Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Hey guys, and welcome to the Moms and Murder 15th episode. <laughs> Her hands are already flailing around. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. Um, as you guys probably know, I'm Mandy, and I have Melissa here with me, and we're just going to have a party. We're not. We are. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> That's not business at all. No, uh, we are excited. This is our 15th episode, which is not a real milestone. It's not, but it is to us. We don't have a whole lot to live for. So when (laughs) when you started with zero podcast episodes and now you have fifteen, it seems like kind of a big deal. So uh, we're gonna go with it. Yeah, (laughs) just make a thing out of it. Basically, we wanted a week off from research, so we asked other people to do our research for us, and those suckers obliged. It worked out really well. I have to say, I've had a wonderful week. (laughs) Should we also have a sweet sixteen episode? Like we can do one every year or every yeah every episode. We'll keep going. So thank, uh, thank everyone who, thank you to everyone, excuse my <laughs> words, um, who participated with us. We really appreciate it. And we'll have a link to everybody's information in our show notes because we don't have a lot of show notes we have to do. This is right. a lot of fun. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, and so we wanted to tell you a couple quick things because this will be a longer episode. Um, this week, I'm recording on the Playlist podcast. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> I can't. I'm already terrified, and it's going to be real weird with me being on there, but it should be fun. So Playlist is one of the Josh Hallmark mini 
podcast that he Many has. of his brain children. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is another brainchild of his. So that'll be fun. I'll let you guys know whenever that comes out. Mandy will be recording on that later this month or mm, early next month. Right. And um, so we are excited that people are allowing us to do things. Yeah. It's really a shock, honestly. Total dummies. I don't get it. And they're going to figure it out soon enough. So. Exactly. And then um, Mandy and I are both recording next week on with Not a Boring Soup podcast, and they are a TV movie everything kind of show. And we're going to be talking about the new Netflix series, Mindhunter. And that is going to be released on October 27th. Perfect. Yeah. And I know um, a lot of the people that are in our uh, Facebook group, have mentioned that they have been watching Mindhunter. I guess everybody really has. Yeah. I was the only one who was behind on it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yes, I did binge watch the entire thing already, and I'm probably going to go through and watch it a second time because I'm sure there's some details and stuff that I – didn't oh, I get the first a time. Ton of stuff, but yeah, so, we're super excited to talk about that. And yes, so hope you guys will check that out. Facebook group, Mom's the Word. Lots of you in there, having fun, giffing it up. We're enjoying right. it. It's my favorite group on the internet, and that's just how it is. Um, and then we mentioned that we would have a little Q and A at the end of our episode, so we'll have one first with Mandy and I with some listener questions that um, pertain to the show and stuff, and then. Our little ones will be on there. Our oldest kids will be on it a little after that. Um, We've already recorded that, and it was a total hot mess. Um, But answering some questions that you guys had for them, or they could ask us that were appropriate and not about murder. It does not disappoint, guys. Well, (laughs) as a parent, it disappointed quite a bit. (laughs) I'm doing everything wrong. (laughs) So that will be at the end of this episode if you guys make it uh, to that point. (laughs) Yeah, you don't throw in the towel. But um, we will put in the notes when that starts if you want to hear that or skip it or do whatever you want. It's Mm -hmm. your life. Right, exactly. Be free. Exactly. So we are going to start tonight with um, Karen with Stat. Yes, let's hear it from Karen with Stat. Here we go. Hello, everybody. This is Karen Wickham from Stat, Shocking Traumas and Treatments. I was asked by the moms to talk about a true crime case that I find particularly interesting. And although I have many cases that I feel that way about, this one in particular I want to talk about. The history of medicine is full of stories that'll make your skin crawl. And this one is a true story. When I read about and research the treatments that have taken place in medical history, it makes me think, what sensible, insane human being would do this to another person? Who would even entertain the thoughts of performing such atrocities? Especially when people go to doctors for help relief of pain and suffering, and maybe even a cure. The doctor I'm about to talk about was the true incurable sicko. Dr. Henry Cotton, circa 1876 to 1933, was a psychiatrist. He was a director of Trenton State Hospital in New Jersey, which was an insane asylum. He was convinced that all mental illnesses were caused by an infection somewhere in the body. The first place he would look would be in the mouth, at the teeth. If he felt that a tooth was infected, he would pull it out. His idea of what an infected tooth would look like, however, was of his own assessment and based not on reality. So he would just start pulling one tooth after another. 
If the patient showed no signs of improvement, he would take them all out. After the teeth, he would work his way down. Tonsils, then he'd move on to the sinuses. That's kind of up, but you get my point. And then he would move on to their stomachs and their bladder, spleen, colon. He'd take them all out. He even operated on his two sons. He removed all of their teeth as young boys so that they wouldn't go mad in the future. And then he even took out parts of their colon. Unfortunately, they both committed suicide later in life. An important thing to know here is that Dr. Cotton was not a surgeon. He had no training. The death rate was 33%. That's one third of all his patients died. I mean, you can only live so long without organs. But he claimed he cured 85% of his patients. I guess he considered death a cure. I will be doing a mini-series on Dr. Cotton in an upcoming episode, so if you wouldn't mind keeping your eyes out and your ears ready to learn more about this crazy MF. So, thanks, Mom, for asking me to talk about one of my favorite cases. I hope that it made your skin crawl as well. (laughs) Once again, my name is Karen. I am the host of STAT, Shocking Traumas and Treatments, where sometimes it's the cure that kills you. Wow, I cannot wait to hear more about Dr. Cotton. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that's a really cool story. Um, Honestly, I think that the cases that Karen covers in her podcast are all really cool. um, They're all from like a medical professional kind of point of view right and professional um, something we have nothing right (laughs) and uh karen of course is a retired uh, nurse so she has a lot of personal experience in that right in that field i hope not with any actual dr cotton murders yeah yeah exactly um yeah i think the idea of a a trusted medical person turning on you and um you know, doing taking out teeth again with the teeth. Yeah, no, I can't. Teeth I can't do that. I can't do that. I uh, enjoyed that they said thirty-three percent of uh, his patients died. I thought that right. was a low number. Right, and then however many seventy-something were cured. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, eighty percent were cured. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? That's not going to add up there. But yeah, I was like thirty-three percent. I think you did pretty good. I yeah, was actually yeah. impressed. <laughs> I'd kill everybody. It wouldn't work at all for me. Um, so Karen also has on her show something called the Suture Room which is so fun. And that's like my favorite, one of my favorite parts of her show where she talks about her actual experience as a nurse in these crazy, like horrors of the ER kind of thing. So it's I always fun. love that stuff. It really fascinates yeah. me. And even like the shows that you can watch on Netflix, are like real or untold stories of the ER or right. whatever. Um, I get really sucked into those while I'm folding laundry and, yeah. you know, just all kinds of stuff. I like the reenactments, even though, you know, they're like fake, 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 but yeah. still, um, yeah, some of that's really crazy. But yeah, we love uh, Stat and Karen. She's so great. And yeah. she has just been really awesome, really came on the scene kind of not long after we did. Yeah. Um, and she's just made a place for herself right along with everybody else. So yeah, well, uh, we love her. <laughs> she's awesome. So thank you so much for Karen for doing that. Um, up next, we have Color Me Dead, the gory gals. Let's hear from Dead. the gory gals. Hello, Moms and Murder listeners. Hello. Hello. We are the gory gals of Color Me Dead. Mm-hmm. We have Angel, Mickey, and me, Ember. And 
we were asked by these two lovely adult ladies <laughs> to have us write a little, write, have us speak a little something <laughs> well, about you know, our favorite. You, uh, well, you know, you write it down and you speak about it. <laughs> and we speak about it, except for right now we are not. We're flying solo. There's, there's no help. No. Um, we are not pre-rehearsed, so enjoy yourselves. <laughs> we were asked to talk about one of our favorite cases or kind of a little bit about our show, but we just really first wanted to say thank you to you guys for asking us to do this, and we're happy that you are on episode 15 now. Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. And our favorite episode that you've done. I, honestly, this is me, Angel. I'm going to say bar none, Casey Anthony. And I know that you guys will probably disagree with me because it was your first episodes, but it was well-written, it was well-researched, and the fact that you got all the way through it without calling her any inappropriate names sings songs to my heart because I couldn't do that. No, I couldn't either. I loved that episode. And I loved the little tidbits about the job. Because yes. we have, because she has no job. <laughs> I made <laughs> yeah. me laugh every single time. Oh, I yeah. It. They're funny. They, they're the clean. Where, where was she getting money? She had no job. Yeah. <laughs> what I love most about Moms and Murder is that they're funny, they're clean. You know, they're, it's something that they're a young adult, yes. a, a, a responsible, responsible, adult, <laughs> adult. <laughs> oh, goodness. For anybody that doesn't know, this is normal for our podcast. <clears throat> they're everything we are not because they mouthificate. Are. Yeah, they can <laughs> mouthificate words. They can do things. They can talk like grown-ups. They dress like grown-ups. They wear sweaters. Oh, dude, I need one of those ladies to come to my house and teach me how to be an adult. Please do. Please do. But if anybody wants to come and hang out with us on your off time, if you need that little bit of playing with the dark side, you can come hang out with us at Color Me Dead. We go deep into the dark side. One of my favorite quotes ever comes from Batman. You ever dance with the devil mm-hmm. in the darkness of the moon? Mm-hmm. I don't even think that's the right quote. You're like, it's I close don't even know. One of my favorite quotes. I don't know, it. don't know if that's I can't quote it right now. <laughs> but you ever dance with the devil in the full moonlight? Yes. There it is. I knew what it was. I always I ask that of all it. my prey. <laughs> but yeah, you can come and hang out with us if you want to listen to some of our newer stuff. Uh, episode 24 is when Nikki officially came on. Yes. Yes. And what did we do? And we're a little more rated R, just oh. so you guys oh, know. A little bit more. We're very rated R and we're disgusting and we're not like grown up. <laughs> we go into those deep tales. Deep tales. <laughs> so if you ever want the Mad Max version of true crime, you can come find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter mm-hmm. at Color Me Dead Podcast. Yep. Or Color Me Dead Pod. Yep. And uh, 24 and 25, we just wrapped up the Chicago Ripper crew. Mm-hmm. So it was four dudes and a mustache, and they went around and they snatched all kinds of women and they did terrible horrible things and even though they thought they were noise men with noise, noise vans they were not noise <laughs> they were not, not noise, noise men they had the mustache <laughs> plus, the mustache plus the there mustache. was stuff that was a little culty man <laughs> listen man there's a touch culty <laughs> when things get culty it's bad it's bad. bad news when we go culty we should ask them to do the cleaned up version we should they should do it of chicago ripper because i want to hear oh. them do it I don't know how I could be a grown up like that because there's so much stuff in that in that case that's not very grown up. 
Mm-hmm. That I one. Do. And please tackle Chicago Rubber Crew and David Parker, right? Oh I want gosh. to hear. I, wa- I, I would love for you to make words that are not M- offensive. Make proper do- words. Make words with the Queen's English. Uh, <laughs> doing those cases where you don't i would love to hear their take on it too yeah agreed yeah Yeah. i think that would be fun they have some interesting like input for all their cases that i really enjoy but casey anthony and i i'm like i said i'm sure they'll disagree because i don't love our first episode if we could redo our first episode i know i would love and my first episode is chicago ripper crew (laughs) which is some of my forgive me no no i love ripper crew (laughs) but um, no, the way that they did Casey Anthony and the jokes that they played back and forth, they have jokes, but they're a lot more clean. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you watch a Disney cartoon and then there's the subtle, like adult, like adult humor. humor. Yes. Yeah. But you can't catch it. Those innuendos. Also, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and, them. And we're like yeah. Deadpool. We are. <laughs> <laughs> we are in your face. Yep. Inappropriate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We make no apologies either. But we're glad that we have cool friends like Mandy and Melissa who will put up with our shenanigans. I am glad that we have all of our podcast cousins, especially these guys. So I think it would be quite interesting to see them maybe for one of their future episodes to do a really heavy hitter mm-hmm. and hit all the details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like grown up. I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do stuff that, you know, your family could listen to and not be completely mortified by, unlike us. <laughs> no, mom, please don't listen to the podcast. Yeah, we're we beg I, people not to listen to it. I lie to my grandma about it. Yeah. <laughs> I say things that you don't want to hear me saying, so oh, please don't listen. Family get togethers are already awkward enough. Right. But if you have that little bit of dark part in your soul and you want to check us out, you're more than welcome to. At but- the Color Me Dead podcast. Yes, but we hope that Moms and Murder stays around forever. I think it's the, it, is, it is the version of true crime I would recommend to my grandmother. Yes, yes. absolutely. And my and, mom, mm-hmm. she loves true crime, but yeah. I don't want her to hear me say those words. So she can listen to them. Maybe we should stop saying them. No, never. <laughs> Why do like you lie to yourself like that? Do you know how much that would I would have to edit? I would have to edit Like so that much. will ever happen. Right. Anyways... We- we hope you all the best, and we hope that you guys have a great 15th episode. They're doing Q&As, too, on Yay. there, so I'm excited to listen oh, to it. Donuts. Yeah. So excited. And this is lots of love from Angel. Nikki. And Amber. The gory gals of Color Me Zed. Yes. Don't forget to always wear your sweater. And, and stay, stay out, out of chalk lines. lines. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you, guys. That's uh, Nikki, Ember, and Angel Angel with uh, Color Me Dead. Um, and we really are lovely adult ladies. We are. We, we really are. are. We will take that and we will run with it. And no, we will not help you dress yourselves because we can barely do it right. ourselves. <laughs> Plus, we can't help I mean, others. honestly... Take my word for it. Nobody really wants to wear sweaters all the time. That's no. just Melissa's thing. Well, they live in a colder area. They live in Utah, so I think they they're could get like away with it. You're right. Sweaters, yeah. They could. Yeah. So get a sweater, any sweater. That's what I say. Just get them all. And um, you guys talked about the Chicago Ripper, and that is a case that would be something that would be interesting for us. It to would cover. be. Yeah, we'll have to consider that. We will definitely put that in our little box that we will forget about, and we will panic over what our next case is <laughs> and forget about it. But we'll, we will try. We will try. So thank you guys very much for 
um, submitting something for us and being our little pod friends and all of our little Twitter back and forths and yep. only kind of making fun of me for hating everything pumpkin. So I appreciate that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, ladies. Um, and up next, we have Roseanne with California Dreaming. One of my faves. Hi, this is Roseanne from the California Dreaming podcast. I'd like to first say thank you so much to moms, Mandy and Melissa, for inviting me to do their work for them. Just kidding. So the moms asked me to talk to you guys for a few minutes about a favorite case of mine. It's kind of weird having a favorite tragedy, and it's likely been talked about ad nauseum, and I actually didn't really have one that jumped out at me right away, so I put it to my husband. I asked him, since he's known me, which has been more than 12 years now, which true crime case have I obsessed over the most? Without a moment's hesitation, he said Casey Anthony, which is kind of funny as this was the first case I ever heard on Moms and Murder. So Casey Anthony it is, the most hated, despised mom in Florida. Right, moms? Well, at least for now. I know that I do not need to go into all the details about that woman. I'm certain most of us have already formed our opinions and our theories, and most of that amounts to Casey Anthony is full of it. She could tell me that the earth is round, and I'd call her a liar, and I'm not a flat earther. Sometimes my frustration sways from her parents and back to her again and back to her parents. I can't help but think something went terribly wrong between her and her family for her to tell such outrageous lies with the greatest of ease in the face of police, mounting pressure and overwhelming suspicion. She stood fast. She stood her ground. And she rode her lies all the way to a not guilty verdict. Everyone lied for this woman. Her family her attorneys, everyone. When all anyone ever wanted to know was the truth. Sadly, I don't think we're ever going to know. Even as of late, Casey Anthony is still playing the I don't know card. She knows. I'm convinced she knows. And the sad thing is, that truth might not be as bad as we all might think it is. Yes, Little Kaylee is gone. Nothing is going to change that. But there is something about the story where I began to wonder if Casey really didn't mean for all of this to happen. I've had some arguments about this with my mother-in-law. But at some point, following Casey Anthony's acquittal on the murder charge, I think maybe I was looking for some way to somehow be at peace with that. I mean, I so loathe this woman, just like pretty much the rest of the world, but she was found not guilty, and she was going to walk, and Kaylee was still going to be dead, with no one ever to be held accountable for it, likely forever. So I started trying to rationalize it. Maybe it was an accident, you know? They really couldn't tell how Kaylee died, right? I mean, Dr. G, the medical examiner, ruled her death a homicide based on evidence found with the remains, namely the duct tape attached to her skull. 
And that's a difficult piece of evidence to want to look past. I mean, she said it. There's no reason for duct tape to be present on a person's face unless it's something nefarious. Casey Anthony is a lot of things. She's a liar. She's a thief. She's a manipulator. She's selfish. She's narcissistic. But does that mean she set out that day to kill her daughter? I can't really say that I believe that. Maybe I don't want to believe that. I mean, by all accounts, Casey was apparently a quote-unquote good mom, supposedly up until the point she lost her kid and paid no mind to the fact that she was missing for 31 days. But hey, we all handle stuff differently, right? Maybe Casey, the good mom, was a facade that her family, namely her parents, namely her mother, held in place for the sake of appearances. But... I never really heard anything about Casey not wanting or caring for Kaylee. If I did, it might have been what was inferred knowing what we know about Casey's actions in the days and weeks following Kaylee's disappearance. With all of that aside, in the moment that Kaylee died, I mostly believe her mom was there. She knew about it. She had a hand in it. And she covered it up and hid her body where it was later found. But I kind of think something happened accidentally. Before the trial happened, I speculated to myself that maybe Casey left Kaylee in the car too long and she died in the heat of a Florida summer day, that Casey panicked, wrapped her up, and hit her body. Then after the trial and the BS that her attorney spewed out about Casey's dad being complicit in covering up Kaylee's death, after she accidentally drowned in the family pool, I started to think that maybe there was some truth behind the accident theory, but it wasn't the hot car death, that it was a pool death, that it was on Casey's watch. She panicked and hid what had happened for as long as she could. I think Casey spent those 31 days doing as much partying as she possibly could, knowing she was going to eventually be caught, but she was living in the moment and wasn't thinking about the long-term consequences of what she was doing. I think she was able to completely shut off any feelings of guilt or remorse, because in her own mind, Kaylee's death was an accident. It wasn't her fault, and it wasn't going to stop her from living her life the way she wanted to. I think Casey spent her entire life living under the thumb of her parents, who struck me as being very controlling and that Kaylee was her sort of bargaining chip that she used to deflect their attention away from her and onto Kaylee, whom they adored very much. Her parents likely led up on trying to control Casey as much as they had been, so they would be able to see their granddaughter more often. So once Kaylee was gone, Casey decided to cut loose and ride it out as long as she could. As for the duct tape, As I said, I think there's some truth to the drowning story that Casey's attorney offered up in court. I think she drowned, and when Casey realized it, she pulled Kaylee from the pool, saw that she was dead or close to dead, and started to conceal what happened. And I think that it's likely Kaylee vomited at some point. And to avoid that from happening again, Casey covered her face with duct tape, wrapped her up, borrowed the shovel, and buried Kaylee in a place where she was eventually discovered. I believe the state of Florida levied charges against Casey Anthony that they could not prove. 
The first-degree murder charges didn't stick because there simply wasn't enough evidence. Prosecutors went for the death penalty, and I'm pretty sure lots of people watching the trial would have loved to see Casey on death row today. But as much as I can't stand the woman, I can't say that I believe her actions truly rose to the levels of first-degree murder. And it's unfortunate that there weren't any other charges the jury could have considered that might have been a better fit for the crime, because Casey Anthony is most certainly not innocent. There's a half dozen things that she did that could have sent her to prison for decades, but it was not to be. All we can do is hope Casey just goes away and stays away. I'd be happy if I never saw her face again. She's just not worth thinking about anymore. As no amount of Casey hate is ever going to bring Kaylee Murray back. Thank you again, moms, so much for having me be a part of your show. And until next time, sweet dreams. Okay, first of all, I just want to say Roseanne's buttery voice is something I, I could seriously listen to for hours and hours and hours. I absolutely love Roseanne and the California Dreaming Podcast. Tell I think, me every terrible thing that's ever happened right. with her voice. I will listen to anything yeah. if she just speaks it. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then secondly, I just want to say I just had a total mind-blown moment yeah. um, with the theory of hot car death. That is something that I never considered um, out of all of the different theories I have entertained over the years of living here. And then especially when we researched this case. um, And that's just not one that I really ever thought of. So that was was really dead summer. It would all add up. uh, It would, it would. And it happens all the time here. Mm -hmm. And it would make sense um, that she would really want to cover that up because it's not something negligence. It's negligence. Right. And it's, and and you know better. I know, but there are accidents. There I will are. always think, I know, but there, I just cannot imagine being that person. You know, right. whatever you've been overwhelmed, exhausted, everything. It's, I don't have sleeping babies. My babies never slept. So right. for me, they would have been <laughs> screaming and I would have never gotten it, but I can't imagine that. But also, I still, if we're going down that theory, thank you, Roseanne, for firing us up about this. If you're going down that theory, I still think there was Xanax involved and she there was something. Them, put her to sleep. She did something, came back, and she had died. So I don't know. I, I just feel like it doesn't still explain the duct tape. Yeah. But, um, you know, then Roseanne did mention that duct tape yeah. could have been to kind of stop like a vomiting thing. Maybe if she had drowned in the pool or something. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I guess. We'll never know. We'll never know. But um, I really, really enjoyed that, Roseanne. That was a really good, I liked your take on it. And, um, of course, just the way that you tell it, just... Well, um, I liked you it could until, say anything. <laughs> yeah, until she said that, the, that Casey Anthony was currently the most despised mom in America, or in Florida, yet. Yet, as if we could be next, Mandy. Did you catch that? <laughs> I don't think she was talking about no, us. No, surely not, right? Surely not us. <laughs> I put in my notes, so help me, Roseanne. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thank you so much. And she's been so kind to us. Yes. All these people have been much nicer than they should have if been If they weren't, us. they wouldn't be a part of the show. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> we got suckered into it. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so we appreciate it. Check out her podcast. Lots of great stories from the Golden State. Yes. So um, up next, we have one of our favorites, which we keep saying, is this adulting? Hey, moms and murder listeners. This is your best friend, Steven. And this is your best friend, Chris. I'm already scared. 
<laughs> and we are from the Is This Adulting podcast. Uh, Chris Chris doesn't do this true crime thing, everyone. Um, nope, I do so not. Chris because I'm a, little, a baby. He's a little scared. He's a little scared. Um, so, Chris, I'm, I haven't actually told him what we're going to talk about yet because... Um, Which really helps with the no. anxiety I'm having right now. <laughs> right. And so this is really going to just do a number on him but melissa and mandy asked us to come on and just kind of tell a little story about a true crime story we found interesting and so i want to tell you all about a murder that took place in my hometown uh where i grew up in right outside winston-salem north carolina which really helps since that's where i currently live (laughs) it is where you currently live um so chris do you know about the clemens demon house good god (laughs) i was hoping it would (laughs) Be something much more simple, like people were being mean to each other and then they died. Nope, I don't know anything about this, and I nope. really wish I did. It's the Clemens Demon House. Um, and so... Well, in Winston-Salem is Wake Forest, and they're the Demon Deacons, so please tell me it has something to do with that. Sure, it does. It also has to do with <laughs> the man and woman who live there, one of whom named himself legally Pazuzu after the demon from The Exorcist. Um Great. Sure, yeah, so it's going to... Solid start. We're off to a good start. So, in October of 2014, um, they discovered this house in Clemens, and they they got details from... They arrested two people. Um, I'm real organized, as you can tell. So, they arrested these two individuals, Pazuzu Algarad and Amber Birch. And so they were arrested on October 5th and charged with murder and the burial of two men at their Clemens home. And so according to a friend of theirs, um, Birch, who was Algarad's girlfriend, claimed that he got a high from eating the still beating heart of sacrificial animals. Ooh, no, no, no. Yeah. And bragged openly about having killed two sex workers. Oh. And so... Yeah, so this friend had visited the home in 2009 where the couple lived, which was literally two houses down from one of my friends from high school, so that's terrifying. Whoa. And, yeah, they were charged uh, with the murder in connection with the deaths of two men whose remains were found in the couple's backyard. And so... Like, buried? Yes, these remains were found uh, buried in the backyard. They got a tip, and they just went looking and they did it and so according to this article as the front loader scooped up tires lawnmowers and other debris from the couple's yard uh birch's friend thought or told (laughs) told about conditions inside the house uh that they were so bad that she might vomit and so according to what they discovered in this house because that's where it really gets weird and there are videos on the internet of you know you can go and find it it oh don't worry i won't be (laughs) yeah (laughs) you may not want to I'm going to go watch puppy videos instead. I'll just say bodily fluids of all the kinds. So so your classic ones, the poo-poos, the pee-pees, the bomb-bombs. Exactly. All of those those is what it smelled like. It was kind of collapsing in on itself when they got inside. Um, There were all kinds of drugs and syringes and alcohol everywhere. Um, At one point, one of the friends said when they were at the house, they had uh, seen Pazuzu peeing in the corner uh so they just used this house say that four times fast (laughs) yeah i know right uh (laughs) sorry they're experimenting with different drugs and according to pazuzu hey it's a party it was all he would ever say um the friend said that she had woken up numerous times with pazuzu over her 
trying to harass her and assault her. And so this was just this terrible human being and his girlfriend who committed ritual sacrifice. They found a room covered in pentagrams. And and that's not to say that people who uh, practice Satanism and who practice paganism and stuff are are bad people and that they all do this, not in any way. Um, It's just these two individuals who were kind of then later reported to be local terrorists and to have wanted to carry out terrorist plots in the city. And I'm not sure who these two men were. It was never really much that was, uh, or there was never really much that was released, but there was a lot of ritual sacrifice, but they said he never mentioned human sacrifice, but they would sacrifice small animals or small rabbits. And then he would bathe in or drink their blood. Ugh. Yeah. And no, so no. they later found this, uh, these two men in their backyard, just the remains. They got a tip of these two missing men and they found the remains in the backyard and dug it up. And I remember when that happened, cause I was just shocked. Cause I was like, this is, this is the town I grew up in. Like I was not e- e- expecting this. And uh, it, then they ended up charging him with killing one of the men and his girlfriend, Amber Birch with killing the other man. Um, they somehow figured that out. I'm not honestly sure. This is just me shooting off the cuff. I'm not really, I don't have a lot of factual, like the actual like reports and stuff to back it. I didn't do much research. This is just what I remember. Uh, And then oddly enough, uh, five years after, so it wasn't 2014. It was 2014 when that story came out from the friend. It was 2009 when they found the bodies. Uh, So we would have been right smack dab in college. And oddly enough, in 2014, he killed himself, himself. Southern, sorry. Uh, he killed himself the day before he was due in district court in prison. And so I'm not sure exactly how that went down, but this was about a year um, after they identified and charged him initially with first-degree murder. And it's just this terrible, horrible, scary thing um, that happened in my hometown. It's It's real weird. Yeah, and I mean... Like I said, I live there now. <laughs> that, that really makes me feel good, y'all. I think I'm going to go and just try and not think about that for a little bit. Eat some ice cream to eat away my fears right now. Yeah, plus you haven't eaten dinner, so you may need to go eat that ice cream anyway. Uh, yes, I mean, that's that's the case. So uh... Anyway, well, so to all you wonderful moms and murder listeners out there, keep on listening because they are, they are wonderful ladies and... Sorry for the weird story I told and the lack of factual evidence I have. If you've ever heard of our show, Is This Adulting? This is pretty much par for the course. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, not so much peeing in the corner necessarily. but We um, don't do that often. No, 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 no. That's that's only on special occasions. Anyway. Nobody lets baby pee-pee in the corner. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. On that note, uh, we're going to take off. So have a good week. Bye. Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? 
Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Poor, poor Chris. I felt so bad for Chris. I know. I don't know how we did that to him. I feel terrible. Chris, I'm with you. I don't want to hear about a demon house. No, thank you. That's... Mm-mm. I won't go to Especially a not in house. my like neighborhood. No. No. I don't want to hear that it could have existed 4,000 years ago. I can't handle that. That's not okay for me. So um, poor Chris. Thank you, Stephen, for ruining Chris's night. Yes. <laughs> Mandy, love this story. You did a great job telling the story. And I know true crime is not what you guys do on your show. So we really thank you for taking that leap with us. And I totally appreciated Chris with his um, PP. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> his uh pee pee his whenever he said his classic pee pee poo poo vom vom pus pus <laughs> did i miss that part you missed that. i missed that it was so great when he was sharing yeah he was saying all the things that were in that room and he he made it really g for us um and we appreciate that. what are oh your thoughts goodness. mandy uh well yes i felt bad for chris and then of course um i thought the story was really creepy and yeah. then of course i just can't really handle like the eating of organs no. or like drinking of blood no. or anything like that Mm-mm. um it's just not really my thing really but, it's but not. <laughs> I thought that this um was honestly exactly what we expected from you guys so I thought it was perfect and I didn't um, think you great. guys were coming with blood drinking people <laughs> so I'm sorry Mandy's offending you like that I, I'm not trying to be no. offensive no sorry and so you guys, we love your show. Stacy from our Facebook group told me about it, and I've been super obsessed. And um, so if you guys haven't checked out Is This Adulting, you absolutely have to. They have lots of fun games, mental health checkups. Um, 
They just do such a great job. Right. I mean, just based on the name alone, like, is, yeah. how many times do you ask yourself that daily? Like, yeah. Is this adulting? Almost, I know I do it yeah. all the time. Yeah. So. I mean, is this adulting right? The answer is always right. no. <laughs> We're always doing it wrong. So thank you for taking that off of your thing. So we appreciate you guys so much. Um, thanks for being a part of our show. And up next we have, oh, great. I don't want to say it. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> Here we go. Hi, my name is Colin, and I'm the host of the Guilty Podcast. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Charles Whitman. Charles Whitman was our most recent episode, and he's a fascinating individual. While he's a killer, you might actually find that you sympathize a little with him. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about that in a minute. But let's start with his childhood. When he was a child, his father was extremely strict and abusive. However, despite fighting with his father constantly... Whitman became the youngest Eagle Scout in American history. He had a very close relationship with his mom, and aside from his father, he had a decent childhood. On his 18th birthday, he came home drunk, and his father almost drowned him in their pool in the backyard. This led to Whitman joining the Marines, just to get away from his dad. But in the Marines, Whitman found a way to separate himself from everyone else, in a positive way. He became an exemplary Marine. He was an excellent shot. He was a supportive soldier. He was well-respected by his fellow Marines and his superiors. He was so intelligent, having an IQ of around 138, that the Marines actually decided to grant him a scholarship to study engineering at the University of Texas. Once he got to the University of Texas, he met an extremely intelligent and beautiful woman that would eventually become his wife. This should have been the American dream. The Eagle Scout, the small town girl, but in fact it was the beginning of a nightmare. While in college, Whitman would begin abusing alcohol and drugs, but that wasn't enough. He also enjoyed gambling. He gambled enough that he ran into some rough people, and once he was in debt, they wanted their money. A few times this escalated to violence. While no one was ever killed... This would be the beginning of the end for Whitman. Fast forward. Whitman decides he's going to take his anger out on society. He brutally murders his mother. He then murders his wife. After he murders them, he loads a footlocker with various supplies, including water, rope, duct tape, guns, ammunition, and various other supplies. He takes this footlocker, puts it in his car, along with all of his guns, and he drives down to the University of Texas. He hikes the footlocker up 27 floors of the Texas Tower. He places guns on every side of the tower. He then barricades the door, loads his weapons, ties a white bandana around his head to stop sweat from getting in his eyes, and he begins firing from all sides of the tower. This 96-minute ordeal would take the lives of 18 innocent people and wound 31 others. How did someone who was the youngest Eagle Scout in American history and a model soldier turn into a cold-blooded killer? Check out our episode on Charles Whitman. Part 1, I'm going to tell you the details about this gruesome case. And Part 2, we're going to have our licensed professional counselor David come on and we're going to discuss some of the issues surrounding this case. 
some of the criminal psychology. One interesting thing about Whitman, after he died, they did an autopsy at his behest. They found a tumor on his brain that could have played a role, but did it. Tune in and find out. Thank you. Mandy, thoughts on this one? Who invited this guy? Mine was just <laughs> next. <laughs> Zero comments. No. No, we're just kidding. Um, we love the Guilty Podcast, and uh, we just had a really good experience getting to know Colin and his lovely lady, Jen, who is much better than him. Yeah. Um, but no, Out they, of your they're league, great. Buddy. <laughs> yeah, they're great. And um, the podcast is really cool, actually. If yeah. you guys are not listening to Guilty, you really should give it a listen. Um, they have Colin, who I think. Of course, he already mentioned right in the thing that he was a lawyer, and then David is recent law the licensed graduate. professional <laughs> counselor. Um, so that's kind of a cool, different thing yeah. that you you know it's a, it's a neat um, angle for a podcast, I think. So for I sure. really enjoy it, and I look forward to the episodes. My only complaint is that they don't release them frequently enough. Whoa, um, Mandy's <laughs> coming in hot. Um, no, I liked what you said, Colin. Oh, I hate to admit that I liked what you talked about um, that you kind of sympathize with this guy because I do think. You're not a mom, but as a mom, I feel like we look at these cases a little bit like that. Like whenever you hear something's happened, you want to know why. Everybody wants to know why. And sometimes there's a reason and this tumor could be the reason. And sometimes I think people, the way they grow up is really rough. It's nurture and nature. And then sometimes I think people have hate in their heart and that's that's like as far as we'll ever know with it. So I like that you guys come at these episodes with the two different angles, the legal side and the mental health side so you're doing a great service blah 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 whatever yeah <laughs> listen if you want moving on <laughs> no if we had to give them a certain number of thumbs up i would give them like a solid like half a thumb <laughs> like a nub i give you a nub up no two thumbs up we love the guilty podcast we don't want to turn people off of them but no yeah. as a human yes yeah <laughs> we're just joking around just kidding All right. next up we have ck with mirth and monsters. Hello. This is CK from Mirths and Monsters. My choice of true crime for mums and murders is the case of St. George and his slaying of the dragon. Let's take you back to a time long ago. Good afternoon, I am Brian O. Drainpipe. And you join me outside the High Court, where we are awaiting the beginning of the court case of St. George, 28, on the slaying charge of Randolph the Dragon, 104. This case has caused a lot of controversy. Not only is it the first time a saint has been taken to court for his actions, but it's the first time that the dragon has been seen as an intelligent and sentient being in the eyes of the law. Not only that, but actually being a being. The family of the dragon had had enough with the idea that saints were having it all their own way and never taken to task for the terror that they wrought across the land. I have with me Wilhelmina Dragon, mother of Randolph, the dragon who was slain by St. George in the village of Sillin in Libya. Mrs. Dragon... Have you any comments at this time? Thank you, Brian. For too long, saints have been acting with wanton destruction, using their so-called diplomatic powers 
to create havoc and chaos, tearing the hearts of our families with no regard for the aftermath of their callous behavior. I knew that I had to do something. I know that Randolph wasn't perfect, but he was just a simple dragon with simple tastes, mainly sheep. He didn't ask to be fed the children of the town. They did that. They had a lottery. How vicious! I just hope that the jury will see sense and come to the right decision. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Dragon. Back to Kenneth in the studio. This is Kenneth McGonagall. To bring you up to speed, St. George has been crisscrossing the globe being saintly, but it seems that the tide has changed. Ever since the family of Randolph decided to reveal themselves and it was found that dragons and other mythological creatures are in fact real, and not just tropes used in tales of life lessons, saints like George are now being seen more like bullies than heroes. The saints' claims were never really seen as true, but when St George took a chained Randolph into the town square of Sillin, and demanded that the citizens converted to Christianity before slaying the dragon, it was the beginning of the end for George and others like him. Other creatures came out in support, and it was after a few months that George was taken into custody. We shall now hear some clips from the interrogation of St George. This is Inspector Harry Beauregard interviewing George, Saint, in relation of the crime of dragonicide against one Randolph Dragon. George, Saint, has turned down any legal representation stating, and I quote, that he is doing God's work and God doesn't make personal appearances for the likes of you. Why am I still in this place? All I did was slay a dragon, heroically by the way, and convert some backward villagers to Christianity. The thing is, your sainthood, you took the life of a dragon, and that is in fact a crime. The dragon had lived peacefully in the lake, and was being fed sheep and then townsfolk. And then you came along and killed him, in a very public and exceptionally brutal fashion. Well, yeah, it's what I do. If there's nothing else, I shall be going. Sit yourself back down, sunshine. You are going nowhere. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So... The case begins in a few hours, but even before it does, it looks like George will be the example that will be set for future saintly types to think before they slaughter. This is Kenneth McGonagall for Channel 6 News. Till next time, keep your nose clean. So before I even comment on that amazing story, I just want to say, is this not the coolest thing ever? I know. <laughs> I know. This, I don't, everything he does on his show, 
Did you guys hear all the sound effects? I, the different I voices? can't. I mean, you are completely immersed in the story. And right? then not to mention the amazing accent, of course, just really yeah. tops off everything. It's like the icing on the cake. Um, so, yeah, I just absolutely love it. And, yeah. Of course, for the record, I hate all things dragon mythological, everything like that. See, I, lo- I don't. I, I love it. it. I, I love it. I hate it so much. Game of Thrones, get me out of here. But I love Mertz and Monsters. Point being, it's for everybody, and it's so well done. And Finn, the dog Finn is on there. It's adorable. Oh, I know. Yeah. So we cannot recommend you listen to CK anymore. And he's a wonderful human being and just a lovely, a lovely person. Yes. And as I the accent. I just love it so much. The accent. So you have a sold there. After that, I mean, everyone's going to be listening. Up next, we have Javier with Pretend Radio. No doubt about it, comedian Mike Smith has faced some tough crowds. You know, like the time he went on Kansas City Live and the reporter asked him what career he would be doing if it weren't for stand-up comedy. He said, I have no idea, bro. I'd probably be selling drugs. <laughs> Could you believe? I mean, <laughs> you should have seen the look on that reporter's face. I mean, it was hysterical. He was, he was attempting to sell drugs on live television. Oh, oh, and it gets better. He told the audience where to find him on Twitter. That guy. Mike Smith says he toured the country, opening for comedians like Kevin Hart, Dave Chappelle, Larry the Cable Guy. He even says he appeared on BET. Couldn't find any of his performances, so I'll just take his word for it. But Mike Smith is about to face the toughest crowd of his whole career. A 12-person jury in Kansas City, Kansas. You see, Mike shot and killed a man named Anthony Schuster in his own apartment. A woman outside of the apartment complex heard a gunshot and saw Mike leaving the scene. So, he saw her and shot her. Luckily, the bullet just grazed her. She ran behind a car and called the police. When the coast was clear, she returned to the apartment and found Anthony Schuster dead, with her three-month-old granddaughter still in the room. Why did he shoot these people? I guess we'll have to find out when he goes to court. This wasn't Mike's first run-in with the law. In fact, he has a long rap sheet. He made a living selling drugs and has been arrested several times for aggravated robbery or robbing dope boys, like he calls it. He said he turned to comedy as a way to turn his life around. The day after the shooting, Mike Smith turned himself in and was charged with first-degree murder along with attempted first-degree murder for shooting the woman and aggravated endangerment of a child. So, here's a few jokes for Mike to tell in prison. What do prisoners use to call each other? Cell phones. Okay, okay, okay. I got another one. I got another one. All right. What do you call it when a prisoner takes his own mugshot? Oh, come on. A selfie? You know, drug dealers are always late. If your drug dealer is on time, it's probably the police. All right, I'll be here all week. Thank you, guys. This is Javier Leva with Pretend Radio. Thank you so much, Javier. We loved your story, and I love all things comedian, comedy. I mean, murder e. I guess. <laughs> it was a great story. It was quite a story. Yeah, I, I'm still digesting. Not sure what to think about yeah. that story. I'm I, with you. I listened to it a couple of times, and I was like, "No way!" Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like no way. Um, yeah, I thought it was 
Very interesting. It is. Interesting choice. And obviously production value for his show is like off the charts. Top notch. Yeah. Like right. just turn us off and right. stop what you're doing and go listen to pretend radio. Honestly, but- the story could be terrible and it's still going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> but we met, is that the right word? Met whenever you communicate with somebody online? We met Javier? I guess you could say <laughs> met. I don't know. Isn't that weird? I don't met-ish. know what you say. No, um, We met online. Yeah, don't say that. Um, <laughs> no, he like commented on something we had going on about the Todd Kohlhepp episode. Uh-huh. He said, oh, I did one too. And I was like, all right, I'll check it out. And then I thought, oh my gosh, Mandy, let's quit now because right. we, we can't do that. Right. Yeah, he did it so much better. Yeah, he did so. an amazing job. And different strokes for different folks, blah, blah, blah. I know all that. But... You have to check out Pretend Radio. And yes. He's gearing up for his second season, and we're getting a little bit of an inside look every once in a while. He tells us some things he's working on, and so we feel like we're super special. Super special. <laughs> we are super special. Um, no, but yeah. But we really appreciate it, and he's been so supportive of us. And so we thank you so much for taking the time to do this for yes. our little show. And a friend of Javier's, well, somebody who we also met through Javier. This is. <laughs> Gotten way too complicated. We've never actually met any of these people. Are you people real? But- <laughs> we don't even know. I don't know anymore. So um, up next we have TJ with Pints and Puzzles. And this is not a true crime podcast. Right? He will tell you that in his <laughs> own thing. <laughs> Fine. So get uh, it. <laughs> let's go, TJ. What's the podcast? Find me a podcast. Hey there, Moms and Murders fans. It's TJ from the Pints and Puzzles podcast. You missed me to my dad. Thanks for inviting me on your show. Long-time listener, first-time caller. All right, I won't do that anymore. My dad's show is the best. Okay, so true crime isn't my forte, but the subject of this weird story began and ended his journey in a jail cell, so we'll call that close enough. All right, let's take a quick glance behind the tinfoil curtain, as it were. 21-year-old Don Decker was doing a 4- to 12-month jail sentence in the town of Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, which is in the northeastern part of the state. He was given a weekend pass to attend his grandfather's funeral in February of 1983. This grandfather, as it turned out, was extremely abusive to Don when he was little, so he was seemingly more relieved than saddened by the passing. Nonetheless, this weekend was the beginning of what was, at the minimum, some strange coincidences, and some would say something significantly more sinister. Don was staying with friends when he started to feel strange and went into a trance-like state. This escalated to scratches on his arms and, sure enough, water on the walls and floor of the room he was in. The friends, landlord, and eventually even the police, could find no rational explanation for the events. So, no burst pipes, no water issues, nothing along those lines. Whatever the cause, everybody involved was significantly scared, and the officers involved even asked Don and his friends to go get a pizza while they figured this mess out. This is where another layer of strangeness was added to the story. Not only did the water stop at the house when Don left, It seemed to follow him as the water started dripping from the ceiling at the pizza place that they were at. This freaked everyone out so much that the owner of the restaurant brought a crucifix over and pressed it against Don. According to those present, the crucifix seemed to burn Don, which quickly snapped him out of his state. After the return of both Don and the rain to the house, 
the landlord started to accuse Don of his friends of constructing an elaborate hoax. Well, after much back and forth, Don suddenly was picked up and thrown across the room by an unseen force. This apparent levitation was repeated the next day when a group of intrigued policemen gave Don a gold cross to hold on to. I know what some of you may be thinking at this point. Don't worry, we'll get there. It's coming. Upon returning to jail after his weekend, Don Decker started wondering if he had some sort of control over what was now referred to as the rain. Soon enough, reports started to surface of water going across the room, up the walls of his cell, and even randomly on the shift supervisor's shirt, say that five times fast, after a dare from the more skeptical guards at the prison. As with most people initially hearing this story, Reverend Blackburn initially thought the whole thing was nothing more than a creative story. When he confronted Decker, though, the room was suddenly filled with a horrific smell, and then the rain started up again. So we have creation of random water, random levitation, burns from crosses and crucifixes, and now a foul smell. So yeah, I think we have all the boxes checked now, folks. After performing rituals to rid Don of this evil spirit, a, quote, sudden peace came over Don, and bam, he seemed to be cured. So, was this a true case of demonic possession? Extreme emotion brought on from the passing of an abusive relative? Leaky pipes, or just a creative prank? There were some extremely credible witnesses to the event, but there was no photographs taken of any of this strangeness, so I don't know what happened. But it does make for a creepy story. Oh, by the way, later on in life, Don Decker would actually be charged with arson from a building fire, so I thought that was a little ironic twist on the events. A special thanks to the Not Alone podcast for the topic idea, and of course the wonderfully talented duo of Melissa and Mandy for having me on to share this weird story with you. If you enjoy these types of stories and diving into the strange and mysterious parts of life, and some craft beer talk. You can find Pints and Puzzles over at audioboom.com or your podcast app of choice. Have a great night, everyone. How adorable is TJ's little kid? So adorable. So cute. I love that so much. I do too. That little voice is so sweet. I know. Very concerning that he was opening, I assume, all those beers for you. I guess so. Yeah, that sounded like quite a few. (laughs) He was a busy little dude. Um, So we wanted to... uh, Thank you again for joining us, TJ. And TJ's show is, we promoted it last week and I did a terrible job. He said it was a mix of, (laughs) I say that we did a terrible job promoting it, but a mix of like unsolved mysteries and other strange stories. And this would be another one and it freaked me out. And it was hard for me to hear that entire story, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. I'm a big old scaredy cat. Yeah, yeah, me too. (laughs) I'm not a scaredy cat anywhere. (laughs) I am, but. You are. But not much. I can, I can deal with, like, human murderers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this weird stuff is very difficult. But yes. his show is awesome and very cool and well done. And, of course, these people can produce stuff much better than we can. Right. I don't, I don't know why any of them associate with us. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you'll do better on your own. But you guys have to check out his podcast. And TJ's great. And, like, I don't even know. I call him the hype man. Of podcasts because he's always promoting other shows, which is so cool. And the hype man, yeah, the hype <laughs> man. So, uh, like our own flavor, flav. So, um, <laughs> the thanks, flavor, DJ. flavor, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, thanks for doing that for us. 
Next up is Lainey with True Crime Fan Club who sent us this clip and literally put on it Moms and Mary I'm sorry, Moms and Murder Charity. Thanks, Lainey. <laughs> because she said that she could write this off as a charity expense for she probably helping can. us. Honestly. <laughs> Thank you. We'll take all the charity we can get. So here goes Lainey. Hey guys, it's Lainey, host of the True Crime Fan Club Podcast. The case that most interests me is one on Stephanie Roof. It was 1 a.m. on September 3rd, 2016, when 46-year-old Stephanie Roof parked her SUV in the driveway of her home. She had just finished a conversation with her eldest daughter, Trisha, and was tired from her shift as a supervisor at R&D Altanova. As she exited her vehicle and began walking to her front door, something startled her. She turned and was face-to-face with someone she recognized, a face she wasn't happy to see. In just a few minutes, she would be fighting for her life in her driveway, with a gunshot wound perforating from her chest. It had entered just under her right collarbone and exited through her left shoulder. Her assailant was long gone by the time concerned neighbors, her two teenage daughters, and boyfriend found her. It was too late to save her, and she was pronounced dead at 2.05 a.m. This case took place in a Pennsylvania township known as Lower McCungie. She was gunned down by a neighbor who was enamored with her and who she had some type of romantic relationship with in the past. He was very upset that she had broken things off with him. He began stalking her and, you know, text messaging her incessantly. And she was getting really scared. But at some point, she kind of thought that everything uh, was over and done with. Now, the weird thing is that this guy lived right across the street from her. He was her next door neighbor. And at the time that she was shot, the news reports refused to say if a male or a female was responsible for this. They had no idea, but actually they pretended to have no idea, but they actually did. And we're zeroing in on this guy. Basically what he created was a high pressure air pump gun, a really powerful type of rifle. He was an engineer who was really skilled, and the metal projectile that he created was found near Stephanie's body and contained her DNA, but they weren't able to find the weapon when they ended up arresting this guy. I just thought it was a really interesting case because this is a guy who lived right next door to her, um, and, you know, he took it way too far, and that's kind of scary. You think that you're safe when you're home, And you pull up and you end up getting shot and you're dead because of a, you know, flicker of a relationship that really didn't mean anything. So check the case out. Google it. I didn't cover it on my show. He's still in the court system, so there isn't a lot of resolution um, to her case. It wasn't until April 5th, 2017, uh, when he was arrested and charged with criminal homicide. It came seven months after the murder of Stephanie Roof. Thank you for that, Lainey. You sure have a great voice for podcasting, but a personality for the DMV. So, <laughs> <laughs> At least, I don't know if that's like a compliment or... Oh, it's not. The podcast part is. No, Lainey is... Oh, gosh. How do I say this? 
wonderful. She's really nice to us. I mean, not like <laughs> openly nice to us, um, but I feel like deep, deep, deep in her heart, the part where she has charity for us. Right. She does care. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to act like she cares, <laughs> but she cares enough enough to have pity on us. Right. I mean, she sent in the clip. So. She did. I mean. Who's the loser now here, right. lady? Who took time out of their life yeah. to do this? <laughs> yeah. You basically just made our job easier. So thanks Joke's for that. Joke's on you. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks. Check out Lainey's show. She has a few shows. True Crime Fan Club. And then also We're All Pretending. And she's getting a huge guest on that. I will let her be the one to tell you. But I flipped out over the guest that she's going to have on that show. And literally lost my mind so so if you want to know who it is you got to go check her out got to go check her out great we should not be promoting her any more than i know never mind forget everything we just said laney hashtag (laughs) charity or (laughs) (laughs) hashtag laney charity that's what we're calling this episode so um all right thank you for that laney goodbye laney goodbye (laughs) laney and up next we have and i still don't feel confident saying this one corpus delicti Wait, wasn't there an argument? Didn't someone have an argument about this this week? Yeah, it's uh, they're coming up with corpus delicti. Who said that? I don't know. Somebody on Twitter, and you know those are a bunch of nonsense people. Um, So I'm kidding. We're on Twitter (laughs) (laughs) 24-7. So no, um, corpus delicti is what I think they're going with. I want to say delicti. I'm just saying it the way they say it because I don't know how to say it. Yeah, So, so on this show they said corpus delicti. We'll go with it. That's enough about the pronunciation. Let's do it. Hey, my twinsy. It's Jennifer from Corpus Delicti. And this is Lindsay. Hey, moms. Jen and, and Melissa are, we've dubbed y'all the twins since y'all have so much in common. So we wanted to come and tell you guys about some of our favorite cases tonight. I think the one that we both ended up being intrigued by the most is one that we covered on Corpus Delicti a few episodes ago. And it's the Sam Shepard case which, if you haven't heard of it, it was actually what inspired The Fugitive. Yeah, so Dr. Sam Shepard was up in Ohio, a well-to-do brain surgeon. He woke up one night and hearing his wife screaming, runs upstairs, finds her bludgeoned to death. He gets knocked out, TKO'd, back at the head. He wakes up, runs downstairs, see this shaggy-haired man running across the beach, runs after him. Dude knocks him out again. Yep, of course... Sam is pegged for the murder because he's the husband. The husband always does it, they say. It turned into a huge media frenzy because he's a rich doctor and he goes on trial. Yes. So the first trial, they find him guilty, hands down guilty. They think that it was far too suspicious. But the second trial, turns out, they exonerated him. He didn't, he spent 10 years in jail. When he got out of jail, he got really heavy into alcohol. He couldn't rebound from his life, so he shortly died of alcoholism. His son wanted to go back and redo his name and make sure it clear his name. So he did another trial. He sued the state. Comes back, the state says, you know what? Maybe he was guilty after all. Yeah, so talk about emotional roller coaster. Is he guilty? Is he not? Everybody says he is because, again, he's, the husband, he, was, he there. was there. Nobody else saw anything. Nobody else heard anything. Sam had some blood stains on his clothes. But come to find out, inner Richard, inner Richard Eberling, they found out that there was actually a window washer who had worked at the house 
during the time of the murder and he had a history of basically stealing from houses that he worked in but also a lot of people that he knew were turning up dead people that he handled their finances and would write himself into their will and then all of a sudden they'd show up dead yeah and there's allegations of him pushing people downstairs i mean that was his mo i mean the same thing nice guy exactly (laughs) by the time they actually were able to narrow him down as a suspect he was very much in his elderly late stage and his mental capacities were no longer there so they and he died before they were able to really get some good answers it's suspected that it was him yep so basically not a whole lot of closure to that story because you've got two firm camps and two firm schools of thought. A lot of people think Sam did it, a lot don't. So not a lot of real resolution in that one. And we like it because it's a good one to sit down and talk about the evidence for and against each one. It was so much fun to debate. Yeah, it was was probably our favorite episode that we've done. So, oh, I got another one. Oh, okay, what you got? Oh, sorry. So, uh, Yogesh and Deepa Gumta. So there was this little Indian couple. They live in Australia. So they were in Melbourne, Australia. This woman decides she no longer wants to be married to him and decided she wants a divorce, but she wanted a few broken bones. A little vengeful, a little angry. So she hires this hitman to go out there and pretty much break a few bones and kill her husband. Comes to find out you actually have to pay hitman. Yeah, of when course. She, when she failed to pay him, the hitman goes to the husband and says, look, if you cover my $322 I spent on surveillance, I won't kill you. Oh, <laughs> dang. The husband, Yogesha, says, you know what? I believe you. Hold on a few days. Meet me here, and I'll give you your $322. He goes to the police and says, look, my wife just hired this hitman. He came dang. to me and said, if I cover her cost, he won't kill me. So the police meet the hitman at the designated time and place and arrested him and the wife. And this actually happened late August 2017. It's still, yeah. Oh, wow. It's still in the papers in Australia. Oh, that's crazy. So that, I just figured that. Awkward. (laughs) She was That's a cheap, that's a cheap hitman. Well, it was just for surveillance equipment. Oh, okay. I was about to say, dang. I got a few people that, no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. (laughs) Thanks so much for letting us come on and talk to you guys. We love the show. You're doing awesome. Moms and murderers, y'all have a wonderful day. You know what they say to Felicia. Bye, Felicia. You girls are so sweet. So sweet. And Jen, yes. We are twinsies based on... I thought Jen was my twinsie. No, no. Whenever she learned that you eat seafood, which she basically called, like... The poop of the sea, or so now something. I don't get a twin. Is yeah, that, <laughs> now I just don't get one. I imagine we are the least twin-like in person. It would be. Like I have never fraternal. been disowned as a twin. You so <laughs> this is like a first for me. <laughs> How many twin groups have you been accepted into? <laughs> this is the only one. So it's You've a really so bad experience. I'm never doing it again. Um, no, the girls uh, from Corpus Delict die just say cb (laughs) they are just so sweet and southern and moms just like us so um we really enjoy them and they enjoy us so it works out well wow that's a humble brag (laughs) (laughs) it's a good mutually beneficial relationship we have going on here exactly Um, so actually i've never heard of this case before um the one with the fugitive the first one that they did yeah 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 
Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. The first one. So the first one was the one with the fugitive, and I'm not sure how you the made doctor. it through life. Who was the fugitive <laughs> was based on Mandy. Mandy has a hard time listening, guys. I do. Yeah. I'm sorry. And I've been sick this week, so you'll have to forgive me because I've just... <sighs> I'm brain dead. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else to you say. You heard it here, folks. If you, have any pro- here first. if you have any problems with us, it's because Mandy's brain dead, and I can't carry this thing on my own, clearly. <laughs> no, that was an interesting story about um, Dr. Sam Shepard, and I. it reminds me a lot of the staircase murders where they kind of – did he do it? Did he not? It kind of goes, he is guilty to then you think, oh, well, maybe he's not. And so um, I liked that one. And then the second one you guys talked about, I loved with the hitman and the husband. Oh, literally, I loved it. Yeah. The husband literally went to the police or the hitman goes to the guy. You guys just heard this, but here's, if you'll pay <laughs> yeah. me the $327 your wife owes me, I will kill it. you. And so it reminds me of the case we covered, the Dahlia DiPolito, where like uh-huh. the hitman, it all goes awry. And so I thought it was an interesting case. So kudos to you girls. And um, guys, check them out if you're looking for another momish. <laughs> <laughs> kind of momish type mom-ish. of thing. <laughs> if moms are your thing, that's not good. Um, <laughs> but if you, you like our style, we're, we're a little similar. Next up, we have Julia with Film Rose Podcast, and she's one half of Film Rose Podcast, a very important half of it, and the other one is Hannah, and so this is actually just Julia doing this because Hannah's too busy for us, Mandy. I'm fine with that. No. I understand. <laughs> we sprung this on everybody at the very last second, so last I second. I will not give anybody a hard time for no. not being able to do it. But Hannah is like one of my favorite givers on the internet. Yes. She, she is, is great. great. Yes, yeah, she so. is. Thank you so much for doing this for us, Julia. And Julia, tell us about your show. Hi, guys. This is Julia from the Film Roast podcast, the podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of all things movies. We are over-caffeinated and underqualified, and every week we bring you a new episode that deals with a theme having to do with movies or a movie review or something that we have found really interesting or important in pop culture. So I wanted to talk about one of my favorite true crime cases of all time. I am a really big true crime fan, and this is one that has always just really stuck with me. So I'll give you just kind of the super brief synopsis and try not to be too freaked out by it because it is super weird. So one of my favorite cases is that of Elisa Lamb who was a Canadian student at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. And she was discovered in a water tank on top of the Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles on February 19th, 2013. So the interesting thing about this case is that Elisa Lamb was traveling by herself. She would call her parents every day while she was traveling And she was only found to be missing when she didn't call her parents to check in. So there's so many weird things about this case, but five days prior to discovering her body in a water tank, police discovered that there had been a really, really weird surveillance video that had been taken inside the Cecil Hotel of Elisa Lamb in an elevator, except It's not totally normal because in the elevator, she is completely alone, but you can tell that she seems to be talking and interacting with somebody, but you never ever see another person on the tape. And she goes in and out of the elevator and is gesturing a lot. And 
clearly seems to be having some sort of conversation either with herself or with someone who is hidden out of sight. And this video actually went viral when it was first released and it's super unsettling to watch, but I've watched it because I think that stuff is fascinating. So there was this idea that there had maybe been something paranormal with this disappearance of Elisa Lamb or that she had bipolar disorder. But the craziest thing about this is that when they did discover her body in the water tank, they found that she was completely naked. Her clothes and her possessions were floating around her, but there was no sign of trauma and they could not figure out what had actually killed her or why she had died. And the crazy thing too is that um, they, there were some reports saying that Elisa Lamb had accidentally had accidentally fallen into this water tank. But the thing was is that the water tank lid was shut. And police said that there was absolutely no way that if Elisa Lamb had climbed into the water tank, she would have been able to shut the lid from the inside because it was far too heavy and just completely impossible to be able to do something like that. So the case of Elisa Lamb is really, really fascinating. And you should totally look into it if you want to be creeped out a little bit, but it still is not totally, or they still have not totally figured out how she died which is amazing. And I find all this fascinating, especially the elevator video surveillance. So if you have a chance, read up on the death of Elisa Lamb, watch the surveillance video because it's super freaky. And we hope you guys also take the chance to listen to Film Roast, which is not about true crime. It's about movies. It's a much lighter subject sometimes, unless, of course, we're talking about childhood films that completely scarred us for life. So once again, I'm Julia, and thanks for letting me tell you about the mysterious case of Elisa Lamb. Okay, so first of all, I love this case of Elisa Lamb. I have gone down so many rabbit holes um, just reading away on this one because it's just one of those that is like... It just blows your mind because there's no, seemingly no explanation, yeah. you know, and, and things are very weird when you look at that surveillance footage and everything. Um, so one of the things that I had found out about it, and this is like totally not probably the real story, but one that I always found interesting when I was digging around going down these rabbit holes was that there is a very large group of people on Reddit that believe that Elisa Lamb was playing some weird ritual game called the elevator nope. game. Have you what? heard of this? No. Yes. Okay. And so I guess the criteria of the game is that you have to have a tall building with at least 10 stories and then um, you have to enter the elevator alone by yourself and you push a series of buttons. So like you'll go to, you know, from the first floor, you'll go to the fourth floor and then you go back to the second floor and then you go to the sixth floor. I don't really know them in order. Okay. So don't do this because you won't get, get right. people killed. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. Um, so you do this in a very specific order and then supposedly the elevator ends up on the 10th floor and why don't you just go to the 10th floor? <laughs> you have to do the order of operations here. Yeah, okay? Don't take advice from Reddit. So, I'm not taking advice. I'm telling you the weird the theory that I read about this case. Um, just because it's interesting. If you like weird theories and weird things that aren't true, like I do, I love wasting my time on things there that aren't real. <laughs> so that anyway, you go it. push all these series of buttons and eventually you get out on the 10th floor. But at this point you are in, Another dimension. Mandy, so, stop. So this, stop. This is what people say. This is not normal, right? So anyway, obviously I know that's not what happened to her. Um, but if you ever want to hear Mandy. really crazy things. 
things. No. You should look into that. No, don't. <laughs> For goodness sakes, that did not happen. Nobody... Obviously, it didn't happen. Oh but goodness. I implore all of you to go look up the elevator game. Don't look it up. <laughs> if you want to be creeped out, though, that elevator video is very... It's very creepy. Yeah, it No, is. but on a serious level, I do really wonder um, just exactly what happened. I yeah. think to... Um, you can explain away some of her odd behavior right. a little bit with different, you know, reasonings, um, including like mental illness and things like that or, yeah. or you know, drug use or anything like that. Like I feel like there could be a number of explanations for the type of behavior that you see on camera. Right. Um, but I, I just don't know how she got into the tank. Well, like Julia said, the police and everybody said there's no way she could have – imagine that you're in the water. There's no way you can – now grab the giant covering right to move it back over like that's right. impossible like somebody else somebody had put to be her in there right yeah i agree I, I, it's very bizarre that is the worst way to die don't ever kill me in a water tower anybody listening no. that wants to murder me don't do it that way no like, i agree i agree almost any other option honestly i have my suspicions that it was a hotel employee Ooh, mandy yeah so i won't go into that too much because i don't want to get sued yeah <laughs> <laughs> But there's lots of theories on that out there, too. They could be at any hotel, anywhere. It doesn't matter. It's not necessarily the one she was at. We're not saying that. Right. Nope, nope, nope. Anyway, if you've ever been to a hotel, everyone's a suspect. You're a suspect. (laughs) I'm a suspect. We're all suspects. Please don't sue us. No. But anyway, it was great, though. And um, I thought... I was so happy somebody submitted that yeah. uh, as an option because Great I job, love that Julia. case. So, yeah. Check Great out job. Film Rose Podcast. They yes. do a fantastic job, and um, they're a lot of fun. We enjoy listening to their show. So hope you guys have, are enjoying the variety of shows we had join us. Yes. Right? Right. <laughs> we did have a bunch, a diverse group of our pod friends, which – such a weird word, but whatever. I know. We're turning into such dorks. <laughs> Mandy, that started long ago. This only actually helped When you start us. saying things like pod friends. <laughs> it's because I don't have real life ones. <laughs> I know. I do. Same for you. I know. I know. It's true. So let's close out this episode with our dear friends from Nothing Rhymes With Murder. Hello. Hello, everyone. This is Georgie. (laughs) And Kate. From Nothing Rhymes With Murder. Uh, Congrats, Mums and Murder. Hey, Mums and Murder. We love you guys. Congratulations on your 15th episode. Um, It's cool to be part of this episode because you guys featured on our special 10th episode. Yeah. We're paying favours. And love. Hashtag friendship. We've had a few... Glasses, of yeah, slash bottles, bottles of, of prosecco. prosecco. Well, are you surprised by this by now? I mean, um, so the lovely ladies at Mums and Murder asked us to talk about our favorite true crime. Yeah, I guess um, just briefly, if you don't know us, hi, you- <laughs> hey, you're about to, hey girl, hey. <laughs> um, the premise of our podcast is that each week we pick a country mm-hmm. and then we tell each other stories of true crime from that place but we also like to end on a positive so we also pick some hot spots to tell each other about from that country yeah should so you it's want like, to sure there's murder but also <laughs> there's for example recently we had a pub in a tree oh my god what? so travel and true crime is basically our gig essentially you wanna kick us off kate should i go first yeah okay so my true crime story is coming from poland which i'm half polish so hey I should have done Japan because I'm half Japanese. Well... Spoiler, I'm not. Look. (laughs) Get over it. (laughs) (laughs) It's too late now. So my story is in 
2,000. Three friends are fishing and they find a body in the river Oder. So they're in, and I never pronounce this right, Vroklov. So the body is in a bad way. So it's beaten and starved and tied up in such a way that when he was alive, if he'd have moved, the ropes around his arms and legs would have just kept tightening around his neck. Um, so the body's discovered and it's discovered to be Dariusz Janiewski. Basically, nothing is found for ages to do with it. It's like the police are describing it as almost a perfect murder because they can't uh-huh. find any evidence attached to it. So it's just kind of falling by the wayside um and it's not until ages later after like routine reviews are happening of cases um that it sparks the interest of a detective to look into it uh who's called rublevsky um he notices that the victim's mobile was never recovered and basically after some hardcore detectiving yes he finds that it's attached to a man called christian bala who is a 30-something businessman. Business. But also intellectual, which always makes us laugh because <laughs> who is described as an intellectual? Um, <laughs> I'm a professional intellectual. I'm just an intellectual, don't just worry about it. <laughs> Georgie. Intellectual. intellectual. Um, so they find that he's written a novel called Amok, which basically details the exact murder, but with different character names, apart from <laughs> the narrator's name is Chris. <laughs> subtlety (laughs) awesome so it turns out that basically uh his girlfriend had had an affair with this dariush character and essentially that's why they believe he ended up going in such a gruesome murder but basically there was a lot of excellent detective work and i've really simplified it because this story went on for about 10 pages when i first told it so do look into it because there's an excellent article about it as well (laughs) Um, but some trophies are found and some notebooks and some business cards belonging to, uh, the victim are found in Christian's house. Lots more mistakes lead to a 25 year jail sentence. The end (laughs) of my summary. Mic drop. Mic drop. (laughs) Yeah. Of the case of the novel killer. So yeah, if you want to know more about that particular story. Yes. Check out episode four, Poland. With uh, Nothing Rhymes With Murder. Yeah, to get the I like that story because it's just insane that he basically wrote a novel about Literally his detailing. crimes. Yeah, his crimes. Um, I'm going to tell you very, very briefly about another story we covered on our podcast. It is the story of uh, Very Itam Henyansia, mm. who is an Indonesian serial killer, otherwise known as the singing serial killer. Oh. Very, who's otherwise known as Ryan. Yeah. Was, every article says that, but there's zero explanation we why he's called Ryan. <laughs> um, basically, he confessed to killing 11 people and was sentenced to death by the Indonesian Criminal Court. Um, basically, this case achieved massive notoriety throughout Indonesia because of it was like basically a particularly gruesome spate of murders. So the body of one of the victims was found on the side of a road in Jakarta and was cut up into seven pieces yeah. and the torso was skewered with a crowbar. Um, so yeah, basically very quickly they were able to link Ryan to this victim, a guy called Henry Santosa, and um, basically arrested him and very, very quickly Ryan then confessed to ten other murders he'd committed prior to this particular victim. Mm-hmm. He told the police he basically buried his other victims' bodies in the backyard of his home in Jombang Regency in East Java. I mean, there's a whole load of story about the trial, and he's just... Basically, the reason he becomes very, very famous is because 
Not only did he pen an autobiography, he also released an album of pop songs while mm-hmm. he was in prison. <laughs> um, Unbelievable. So... Oh. What has the world come to? I know. And apparently the whole time he was in prison, even during the trial, he was known to give recitals from his cell while wearing flowing white robes and a matching skull cap. And like journalists and stuff would come and apparently everyone was like really enamoured by him. And he's like, in every photo you see, he's like super smiley, like happy-go-lucky looking guy, but was also a serial killer. Curious. So quote, he says, I write the songs for people I love. Forgive me my... (laughs) These track names are ridiculous. Forgive me, mother. It's for my mother. Shocking. Uh, Another song, Son, is about lovers missing each other because they're separated until they die. And apparently, like, basically the authorities seem kind of, like, amused by this whole thing and just, like, let them happen. They just, like, let visitors come to a cell and take photographs and, like, hold these little concerts. Um, And he actually profits from both his book and his album because in Indonesia it's... Uh, apparently well within the rights of the accused to write a book and then make a music album and the <laughs> Attorney General Abdul Hakim Ritonga was quoted as saying no problem <laughs> I hate how much they <laughs> indulge him, it's so annoying yeah so this case is interesting because, I mean one because of his celebrity afterwards, he was also an uh, from the beginning an openly gay Muslim man which was quite unusual especially for a quite heavily Muslim country like Indonesia and um there's a whole lots of reasons for why he committed these murders, but all of them were pretty violent and vicious, and there's a lot of debate on whether... I mean, he always claims that, like, he was provoked and there was nothing that was ever premeditated and he just sort of blacked out, but mm-hmm. there's some evidence to the contrary. But yeah, go check it out. Uh, yeah, that was episode 11. So if you Boom. want to hear more about that story, please go check it out. But yeah, that is... Us. Well, I hope this is bit. kind of what you wanted. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if it wasn't. Right? We love you. <laughs> um, congratulations so much again, guys, on your 15th episode. We're so proud of you. And thank you for being so, so supportive of us. You guys have been the best. Yeah. And for any of our listeners who are listening to Mums and Murder for the first time, stick with them. They're amazing. Yeah. And we love them, so you should love them. Yes. We and... love you, Mums. <laughs> I love you, mom. Love you, mom. and murder. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it, I guess. Okay, we... bye then. Okay. okay, bye, 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 bye. Okay, bye. bye. See you later, bye. <laughs> that was so great. I love them. I love them too. I could listen to them all day long. They are so sweet and their accents are amazing. And of course, it's just another podcast who has been super nice to us and that we've really enjoyed being able to work with a couple of times now so yeah yeah thank you guys so much thank you and um indonesia get get it together yeah (laughs) get it together i'm i'm not a big concert person but i actually i might go to a concert with a serial killer no 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 intentionally or just (laughs) on accident (laughs) well i probably have been to one with uh on on accident but no the idea is fascinating but obviously so wrong that they let him do that sort of thing Agreed. whenever yeah you're dealing with victims and stuff but thank you for bringing us those stories please 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 check out nothing rhymes with murder they are lovely ladies and they even do the best american version of saying moms yes um. i love that that is my favorite part was listening to the um americanized accent so yeah uh, moms and murder yeah <laughs> i just go. love that so much you guys are great thank you so much so one last special thing we decided to do because we decided 
let's do all of our ideas in one episode, <laughs> throw it together and make you people suffer through it, um, was we had uh, a contest on our, we did a Facebook Live contest from our various social media accounts, um, directing people to enter to do a story with us. Right. Is this, this was like a week ago now. I can't remember. Right. So um, um, the winner was uh, Amy in our Facebook group. But unfortunately, she couldn't do it because she's a responsible person. So we had um, our runner-up was the lovely Cassie. And so what next? Next you'll hear the story um, that Cassie discussed with us. So, uh, Cassie, we wanted to do our little video record. Oh, no, not video. We're audio. We could not figure that out. We wanted to do a little audio recording of... Um, one of our listeners, right, in our Facebook group. Facebook group. So. I don't know. This was Melissa's <laughs> thing, so I'm just here. <laughs> I come up with terrible ideas really late at night. But um, so we wanted to do that. So anybody that's listening, if you wanted to, I'm going right into it now. Um, if you wanted to join us on social media, you'll find out about all these fun, random midnight ideas that we have. So yes. <laughs> Cassie was brought up on at, by snacks and wine. I'm yeah. sure. Yes. <laughs> So much. I have like a 44-ounce Diet Coke sitting next to me oh <laughs> and <goodness>. peach rings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been a long night. But um, so anyway, so we asked you or we asked our group if anyone could come up with um, their favorite crime story, I guess. I don't even know where we were going with this. But hopefully you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... It's hard to pick a favorite, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. But you can always, I mean, there are always interesting ones, you know, that you kind of get down into the dirty details and you're like, man, this is crazy. <laughs> exactly. And, man, I hope this doesn't happen to me and how do I prevent this? And Oh, yeah. I really hope it. this doesn't happen to me. <laughs> oh, now I'm really scared. So, <laughs> we as, uh, Mandy and I do not know what story you're going to share with us, but we will be full of reactions because we are hyped up on sugar and... <laughs> <laughs> And Mandy's blood sugar is probably low because she still hasn't even eaten. I have not had anything to eat, so. I had a zebra oh, cake, so I'm not doing great, but. How are um, you not eating the phone? I know. <laughs> We're on a computer because we've made it even more complicated for ourselves. But, um, yeah, so we'll eat the, we could, I'll take this corner, you take yeah. that corner. <laughs> That's how I know my son's really hungry. He starts gnawing on my phone. Yeah, there you go. That's, you can't, yeah, they're always. Ugh, little babies. I love little baby feet. But anyway, that sounds weird. But if you are ready, we can. <laughs> I might edit this whole thing. Oh out. my goodness. Um, <laughs> okay, Cassie, we're ready to hear we're about ready. your case. Tell Let, us. Tell Melissa to be quiet. <laughs> okay, so you'll have to tell me if you have heard of this one. But okay. it's it's actually from um, my hometown. I was I remember I was two years out of college when I heard this, and I was like, this is insane. Um. So far, we don't know it. Macon, Georgia. <laughs> oh, Macon, Georgia. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Lauren Giddings in Macon, Georgia. So Lauren Giddings was originally from uh, Tacoma Park, Maryland, but she went down to Macon uh, to go to Mercer Law School. And she had just graduated and she was 27 uh -huh. and she was about to take the bar. And she had been in all these study groups getting ready for that. She had all these friends that she was studying with and everything. And... For some reason, um, at the end of June, um, all of a sudden she just quit showing 
and so her friends got worried and they called the cops and this is just like one of the other several of the other cases you've talked about where the cops show up and they're like yeah everything looks fine yeah we'll, we'll just leave i hate so, that that is my least favorite thing <laughs> peace out i think it's called a wellness check but oh yeah no, the one video I watched was like, they didn't see any signs of a burglary, so they left. And I was like, there is more to life than burglary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're right. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, they, they left, but her friends weren't giving it up because she just was not showing up. And so, several days later, one of the friends okay. called her sister um, up in Maryland and said, hey, I just tried to call her and her phone is dead. Right. which is weird to me. And her sister said, oh, that is weird. I'll try it too. And so she called and the phone was dead. And so she was like, nope, this is bad. So she called her uncle who had been a cop. Um, and he was like, you need to tell your friend to go inside and look. And if she doesn't see anything to go back outside and call 911. And so they, they knew where a hidden key was and they went into her apartment, No, which, <laughs> yeah, which, which I'll get back to that in a minute. It's, it's, kind of weird that they could even get in, but I'll explain that in oh, a minute. No. Um, she had a hidden key. And so her friend went in and it was like her purse, her wallet, her keys, her phone, everything is here, but she's not right. Um, so, you know, huge red flag. So her friend goes back out and calls nine one one. Um, and this is weird to me. The cops show up and they have them help look for her in the what? apartment. Yeah. They they have this. Yeah. They have this friend help and they're like, look for wet towels. Like maybe she was just wait here a minute. Showered wait, wait, or... wait, 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 wait. That's like, <laughs> like completely ruining a potential a crime, crime scene. scene. Yeah. <laughs> I know. If we learn anything was... from Dateline, you do not do this. <laughs> no. I know. Well, what if there's DNA? Thank She's you. Place now. Yes. No. You're one of us. Yeah, no, I know. I, I was like, this, what cop? This must have been a rookie or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, please help me look for wet towels. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> um, and so anyway, there was, she clearly wasn't there. So then they were like, well, this is weird. She hasn't been seen or heard from. All of her stuff is here. So then they launched an investigation. Thank um, you. You know, almost a week later. Um, oh. And right away, all these friends jump in to help. They're going to look for her. It's a missing person. You know, the making county sheriff shows up and and he's like they initially told me it was a missing person so that's how we approached it well then some of um one of the quote-unquote friends that inserted himself into this investigation was named Stephen mcdaniel and Stephen mcdaniel lived right next door to her he was kind of her landlord so he had a master key for all the apartments right and he was a law graduate as well so they had kind of known each other um he kind of had a thing for her, so he'd asked her out a couple times, but she had a long-term boyfriend, so she had turned him down, and anyway, all that to say, she didn't really know him, but right. he said she was always nice to him, so he wanted to help look, and um, so anyway, they um, start looking around, and they notice this really weird, bad smell, oh, um, and awful. yeah, so they start going around the building, trying to find the source of the smell, and they get to the dumpster. And they start digging in the dumpster, and what do they find but this headless, limbless torso um, of of a woman wearing pink shorts. <laughs> Why he left the shorts on, who knows? But they, yeah, the torso Just a was torso with shorts. Yep, torso with shorts, no That's head, it. no limbs, nothing. That's <laughs> weird. Yeah, mm -mm, no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so, and actually, that was the first big break they had in the case, because the dumpster was supposed to have been emptied, and the trash company was behind. Oh, um, way to go, slackers. 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so really, the unsung heroes here are the trash guys. Um, the lazy trash guys in this case. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, they found this torso, and obviously that meant it was most likely, they assumed it was her. Right. Um, they just had to get, prove it and everything. But yeah, they, they figured out it was her. And so uh, meanwhile, the news crews had all showed up, and they were interviewing all these friends that were helping, and they interviewed Stephen McDaniel. And they caught the interview on tape. He's got this wild, crazy, I mean, think like Einstein hair, just curls everywhere, giant fro sticking out everywhere. Right. Um, and he's just crazy looking. And anyway, they, they start asking him, well, what about the body? Do you think it's her? And he kind of freaks out. And he quits talking and he says, I need to sit down. And he goes off camera and sits down. And That's dramatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so everybody thought, Thought, well, that's weird for someone who barely knew her. So then the cops start looking into him. Um, and all even all of his friends, his quote-unquote friends, it turns out he really didn't have any friends. Um, but the ones that at least would hang out with him occasionally said that he was creepy. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and that one of I say that about topic. Melissa all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, somebody agrees with me. <laughs> No, I'm sitting here in a cardigan. It's yeah, okay. thank you. <laughs> um, no, but um, anyway, yeah, they they all said he was creepy, and one of his favorite topics to talk about was how to commit the perfect murder. And Honestly, so, of course, that's a normal thing to talk about. That's not creepy. Right? I, yeah, no, I don't think it's not, not creepy, creepy at all. Yeah, so they basically bring him in as a person of interest, and they get him in this interrogation room, and he's like giving monosyllabic answers with like this complete monotone just hold on just com- use that big word for us again <laughs> <laughs> monosyllabic thank you. Word. <laughs> thank you writing this down right now <laughs> yeah one word answers thank so you. yes no um he'd occasionally say i don't know um but it was always in this weird like zombie like monotone right um and so they were really trying to go after him because they kind of figured there was something weird there. And um, in the meantime, they eventually got permission to search his apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where it just gets like, oh, man, weird. So Wait, he, weirder? Steven, <laughs> yes. torso well, it's already shorts. weird. <laughs> maybe, maybe not weirder than the torso. Yeah, that kind of torso and off, shorts but... kind of pushed me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, his... um. His room, like he was pretty much a hermit. And um, like I said, he had very few like real friends. He just kind of lived on his own. But he was like obsessed. And he is Stephen McDaniel, you guys. He is the example of someone who should erase their computer or maybe burn it and buy a new one. (laughs) Um, Because they got to his computer and they were like, holy cow, this is a totally different person. He had a blog that talked about raping and murdering women and he had um he had bragged about some incidents that that turns out didn't actually happen but um and then he had you know opened chat forums about how would you commit the perfect murder and 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 then on top of all of that he had a lot a lot of pornography um and they started looking into his patterns of behavior online right and it turns out he was completely obsessed with lauren giddings um he would look up pictures of her on Facebook and at the same time watch pornography and just, he had this obsession with her. And so um, when she kept turning him down, I guess he eventually determined he was just going to take matters into his own hands. Um, sure. That works out well. Yep. 
Yep. So they arrested him based on all of this stuff on his computer. Um, and then they found um, the, the, what do you call it? The um, wrapping. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they never found the head. Oh, wow. Um, but no, they, they for a hacksaw hidden under his sink. And so they were like, okay, this is, you could, you, you would use this to hack somebody up. And under the sink? Really That's kind it. of a weird place for like a saw. That's yeah, why, why it's don't evidence, you throw that away? You, <laughs> yeah. threw, you threw the body away. Why don't you throw Yeah, the yeah. Away? Why are you going to keep you? that thing? I know. Everybody <laughs> knows you don't keep the murder weapon. <laughs> you had a tree knocked down. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. So, so they arrested him. And this whole time, he's basically not saying anything and saying that he's innocent. His lawyers are – his lawyers actually had a really good case because they worded the original indictment wrong. And so he could have gotten off if they had gone forward with that indictment. What? Um, they Yeah, they basically said that – he killed her by beheading her. Well, they couldn't prove that. And so the lawyers could have been like, you can't prove that. So there's reasonable doubt. So boom, he's, he's not going to jail. So um, anyway, they had to reword the indictment and all of that. Well, right as they put in that new indictment, they found his camera had deleted videos on it. Oh, gosh. And it turns out the night that she was murdered, um, he had taken a six foot tall, six foot long wooden pole and duct taped his camera to the top of it, and he was using it to peek through her windows and case her apartment before he attacked her. Oh. No. Yes, yes. And so right, right before he's going to get away with it, they find this damning evidence. And so he thinks he's a goner. So he confessed to everything. Um, I don't understand him all. Well, I was I thinking he either. needs a GoPro. <laughs> All, I was going to say also how, um, you know, advanced is yeah. this equipment? A He's stick done. and some tape? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, my kids I mean, made better 2011, things so. That's true. That was like a lifetime yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, 2011, if you've had kids, that was a forever ago. ago. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so he, he confesses and he says his story was that he basically decided that he wanted to sexually assault her. So he cased her place. And the reason I told, said it was weird her friend could get in, right. she had a burglar bar, one of those bars you put between the doorknob and the floor, right. and it locks the thing in place and you can't get in. Yeah. And she always locked that. So usually you wouldn't be able to get in the door just getting in on your own. She had to be in there or something. And that wasn't there. It was um, like off to the side. It wasn't even close to the door. So um, he had made sure that that wasn't, that she hadn't put that up. And he broke in in the middle of the night. Um, I think they said it was about 2.30 in the morning. And he walked in wearing a ski mask and she woke up. He says she woke up oh. and she saw him and she said, get the expletive out. And um, so he jumped on her and started strangling her and she fought and fell on the floor. And he, and at one point she was able to pull his mask off and she said, Stephen, please stop. And he kept going and she died. And so he dragged her into her bathtub, went out. He left, by the way, left her body there, left, went out and bought a hacksaw, came back and then dismembered her and threw her head and limbs in a dumpster next to the law Why? school <laughs> and her torso in the dumpster next to the apartment building. So they went back and obviously the head and limbs were long gone. They never found them in a landfill or anything like they just, they couldn't find them. But, um, that, and that was the other weird thing. He double wrapped the head and limbs and put them in a separate dumpster. And then he just basically threw the torso in the dumpster. 
What? Okay, can I ask you a question? Yes. Why do people put different body parts in different dumpsters or, or different places? Don't you think that's more likely like somebody's going to find a toe in this one and be like, yeah. well, let's be on the lookout? If you put it all in one place, yeah, if they find it, they find the whole thing. But otherwise... But who's throwing away their toe? Like, <laughs> no live, sane person is throwing their toe away. I don't know. I hate feet. I can be tempted to do that. She had to use that as the example. Of course, because I hate them. <laughs> I hate them so much. Oh, my goodness. That is too much for me. I That's yeah. your hometown story? Yes. Yikes. Yeah. This is proof, guys, that Florida isn't the craziest... Well, I mean, we still are, but there are crazy things that happen other places. <laughs> I'm pretty sure crazy things happen everywhere. You just have to look because this Thank was you like so much. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna play yeah. that part that you just said loud and clear for everyone. <laughs> there are crazy yeah, well, people everywhere. If you guys knew Macon, it has struggled. The city of Macon has struggled for a long time with a lot of violent crime. So, <laughs> I mean, this was out of the norm for them. This, I hope, is out of the norm for anyone. But right. except maybe Gotham. I don't know. But <laughs> no superhero references. <laughs> um, cool to yeah, this is, it was weird. And it was obviously, and it took them, like I said, a while to get to him, to get to his computer. And then when they did, it was like, oh, this guy's. Isn't mm. it amazing though? Like there's so much circumstantial evidence for this guy, like so many different things. And then other mm -hmm. people, they're like, oh, I have an alibi. I was at this restaurant. 50 people can see me and it's still like, nope, guilty. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're in jail. Yep. Doesn't make yep. any sense. I, I mean, I guess it's all the jury and how everything is, um, comes across in court. So. Yeah. Well, and he, oh man, if you look at his photos in court, he's one of those that looks deranged, you know, like the photos he's just yeah. got crazy eyes and thankfully he pulled his crazy hair back into a ponytail but oh did he do um, a man bun because that could have really helped depending on the year no <laughs> he did like the trucker ponytail oh. you know, like the... that is a very specific look and i know what you're talking about so what happened <laughs> did he go to jail <laughs> yep he because he confessed i guess i don't know if it's just the state of georgia or if this is a federal thing but if you confess and take a plea deal, then they take life off the table, or they take um, the death penalty off the table. Hmm. So he was originally facing the death penalty, um, but when he confessed, he got life in prison. So um, you can't, he's still eligible for parole in 30 years, which will be 2041. No, yeah, 2041 or something like that. But um, yeah, because that includes the time served. So yeah, 2041. But the cops said that because of the heinous nature of the crime, they don't think he's ever going to see the outside of a prison cell again. I so. hope not. My goodness. Yeah. And so much for the perfect crime. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That's like a cluster right there. Well, um, thank you so much for getting all that organized in a very short period of time. Yes, I know. We are the worst about coming up with these ideas and wanting them done right away. So I did it with the flu, too. I just want oh, to point no. out. <laughs> oh my goodness. We're complaining about sitting here eating our peach rings and you've got the flu i'm so sorry and you're momming how do you do that that's so much <laughs> well my husband has been a huge help so i have to Aww, i have to say that he's yay. so <laughs> will he get you um will he, get will he go out and McDonald's? get you mcdonald's <laughs> actually yes but Son of a probably not tonight oh <laughs> Well, thank you so much. We're so glad we got to talk to you, and we enjoy all of our conversations on our Facebook group, Mom's, Mom's the Word. 
where no giffing is allowed. No. <laughs> All the giffing is allowed. Giffing so. is the main form of conversation. <laughs> I think it's the only form at this point, but we'll let you go. You need to get rest, and those babies could be up at any moment. If you've got the flu, you're, you're in trouble. So thank you so, so much. We appreciate it, and we're, we will talk to you very soon. Yeah, thank you. You guys have a good night. Thanks yeah, bye, Cassie. bye, Cassie. Bye, Thank you so much, Cassie, for sharing that story with us. And I don't want to plug it, but Guilty, the Guilty podcast also covered this case and they did a pretty good job. Not as good as Cassie. A pretty good job. Pretty good job. No, um, Cassie did a wonderful job. And she actually had the flu when she did this with us, which we found out after. So she is a trooper. Yes. And And we enjoyed talking to her so much. She was so fun. Yeah, so much fun and just a lovely person. And happy to have her as a friend, quote unquote, on I mean it is a friend but you know what I mean online what do we call this we have to come up with a word so um no but a wonderful person and we just think she's awesome so thank you for all your help Cassie thanks for doing that for us and with us so guys we hope you have enjoyed hearing a little bit about um some other awesome podcasts that we personally love um there's of course many more that we love that just didn't we didn't give them enough time to um, send us anything that's our fault um so if you didn't get to make it on this time I'm sure we'll do this again because we like to celebrate small milestones so (laughs) look for episode 20 yeah (laughs) just kidding we're not doing this again in five episodes Um, I don't know Mandy it depends on how tired I am so (laughs) right yeah that's true um so yeah so we hope you guys enjoyed everything uh, Melissa and I did say that we were going to do a little Q&A and originally it was supposed to just be with the kids but then we started getting some really good questions um that we liked but we didn't really want to answer in front of our kids yeah because... we don't need them to know we're total monsters yeah yeah exactly so um we are just going to do a Q&A a, a short one between the two of us and then um the kids will be on after that so right. um they don't have to hear any any of the weird things that we say. (laughs) So, Melissa, I'm going to ask you the first question. This is from Chef Suzanne on Twitter. And she asks, what is the case so far that sticks with you the most? So I don't know if this is a case that we've covered or any case that you know of ever. I'm going to say, I'm going to take it as so far meaning that we've covered. I would think so too. Okay. So the case that stuck with me the most would probably be... I'm going to say the Diane Schuler one. That's my exact right? answer as well. Yep. That is just one, because we'll never know the answers. We'll never know exactly what happened there. And you want to. That's like right. human nature. We want to know why something happens or even what happened. And no matter how much you like have theories or ideas about what you think, you just don't know. And so it's just insanely frustrating that right. you don't know and won't ever get to know. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, just the like tragic loss of, yeah. you know, really, really young life is... Um, yeah, it's it'll stick with you for sure if you've heard that case. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, now we've bummed you out, so let's yeah. go to the next question. <laughs> um, Mandy, Christina on Twitter asked, is there a case or topic you refuse to cover for any reason? Um, how did you meet? Which we'll talk about that with our kids. And then is there an application process to become a real-life friend? <laughs> <laughs> um, so... There's no application process to become a real life friend because you don't really want that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I would say desperation is number one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you got to be real desperate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, we love to have more friends. As we just said, we don't have any. So, you Mandy, know, we we, <laughs> there's no application. Just show up and, you know, be our friend. Don't friends. show up. Please don't show up. <laughs> I get us into so much trouble with these things. Yeah, I know. Uh, no, um, 
Yeah, that's so sweet, though. It's just a sweet it sentiment that somebody yeah. wants to You're our friend already, <laughs> just by asking. You're already yes, our friend. exactly. Um, so topics that I would refuse to cover. Really, I think anything involving the super gruesome death of children. Yeah. Um, I think Diane Schuler is about as far as we yeah. are willing to push it. Um, with the kids. We can do it with adults, but kids, right. it's And we did, of much. course, the Casey Anthony case, but that, um, you know – we didn't have to really get into how they didn't know they didn't know how she died. So yeah. it wasn't really um, no. Like I would say, the example would be the Susan Powell case, right? Where they have the two little boys and the I'm not going to go into all the details, but the dad locking them in the house, setting it on fire, and chasing them with a um, what is this? Uh, I don't even know what that an axe. I, I don't know. I that's believe, that's terrifying. Yeah. So, so so things like that. Yeah, things like right. that. That's. That hurts our mom hearts a little too much. We have hearts. We really do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do have limits. Um, but or really anything. See, I, I just, uh, I, I don't really get on board fully with cases either that involve like rape and torture. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I have a line there a little bit. Um, There's a fine line in discussing it. And not that we wouldn't discuss those cases, but we're not going to be where you get the gory details. No, absolutely that. not. We, yeah, we just... That's just not us. So we want to give you the details that are pertinent to the pertinent to the case, but you don't need to know really gruesome things that happen to these people. Right. And I don't it. want to have to look the, up no, the really gruesome no. details either to report back to anyone. Yeah. This so, isn't even um, a laziness thing. This is right. just for <laughs> us to sleep at night. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and for you to sleep at night. I can't take all that in. That's just a lot of stuff to take in for us. So. So, <laughs> where was this? So, our next question comes from CK with the Mirths and Monsters podcast, which uh, you guys heard from a little bit earlier in the episode. And he says, uh, Did you have a fleshed out plan before you started, or did you just think, let's do this? Which one of you would be the killer? <laughs> so, based on what you know about us, CK, do you think that we had a plan? <laughs> <laughs> we don't plan for anything. Yeah. <laughs> we are fly by your seats kind of gals. So, um, no, we, we, did we record Casey Anthony? It was two parts. We recorded it on the same day, though, I think, right? And we divided it. No, no, no. We recorded it two separate times. Yes, so we did. We went right for Casey Anthony, and we did not – we had no idea. Going back – looking back, would you – I think I would have recorded a few podcasts up front. Knowing what we know now, I think we would have done um, the launch a little bit differently, like Given Melissa said. Given ourselves a buffer. Right. And, um, you know, we didn't really have any – we had no idea what we None. were getting into. Uh, I'm going to – surprise everyone here but um I never listened to podcasts ever before. she had never listened to one never listened to not one single podcast when Melissa asked me if I wanted to do this which um Melissa has told me she thinks worked out well because I didn't yeah. have anything to try to compare myself to or try to make right. myself like anyone else yeah so um so kind of what you get with us is just what bloomed out of the whole thing I guess you would say straight up um, ignorance on Mandy's yeah part. straight up ignorance I had no clue what I was doing she was like I'll do it I've never listened to one but right. I'll do it and, and I thought Melissa was out of her mind yeah <laughs> but As I was gonna does. I was gonna be a good friend and humor yeah. her anyway and um yeah never did I expect we'd be here 15 episodes later and still going <laughs> so. yeah well we'll see how this one goes right yeah so but, which one of us would be the killer um not me I think it would be you <laughs> well I don't know <laughs> I have terrible. probably more rage inside me. I just am so afraid of going to jail that I 
I love rules. You know I love rules. I follow all the rules. See, I'm I don't I don't think either one of us would actually kill because yeah, I'm I the same way. Like I would not want to um go to jail. That that would not. <laughs> not that we don't want to kill somebody. We have plenty of people we want to kill. I just don't want to lose my freedom. I know. We just don't want to go to jail. That's that's what, that's sad. Yeah. That wasn't our first answer. I think I it's legitimate. And if more people were scared of jail, right? like, you know, maybe we would have a lot less people there. I know. There you go. <laughs> I would agree with you. Um, so the next is Haley from Murder Road Trip. And she sent us a GIF. And that GIF simply said, why are you so obsessed with me? Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like singing Mariah Carey in my head right now. You know that song? I can't sing it for you. Wait, so no, don't, don't sing it. Don't, don't sing don't. it. What? Which one is it? It literally has a line. Why are you so obsessed? No, with if it's me? within Mariah Carey within the last ten years, I have no idea. She's oh. gone off well, the wagon. Whatever. And, yeah, no, I have no idea what that is. Um, I don't know why we are so obsessed with. She you. has food. She has food. She does murder road trip and talks about snacks and all kinds of stuff. And so you're wonderful, Haley. That's why we're just obsessed with you. And um, take it or leave it. Honestly, <laughs> take it or leave it. Honestly, this is it. We have, to we have nothing to offer. <laughs> yeah, we have zero to offer. So enjoy the obsession. How about that? Right. So the next question comes from Christina, which is uh, 30 Roses. And it says, have you had any encounters with serial killers or murderers, even in a six degrees of separation way? I have really been thinking on this question long and hard, and I don't believe that I have. So... Three degrees of Casey Anthony. I've got that one. Right? I mean, like, I've got, like... Well, I guess... Yeah. So you can't... Because I, I met George Anthony, you but he's not story. a killer. But six degrees means you met him and he's related to Casey. Okay, fine. So then, yes, I met George Anthony. I had an email. <laughs> Did I already say this story? From Ka- from Cindy Anthony the day before Kaylee went missing. Because she worked in... Uh, not pharmaceutical. She worked for a home health care agency. She emailed our office. I emailed her about something. And I kept that thing thinking, I'm going to get deposed and they're going to ask me oh all my kinds God. of things. And it was like the day before. I was super disappointed. And I know another person in that case growing up that I was friends with. But yeah, I don't want to get into that because they have a normal life now. But so we have, we do have connections to the Casey Anthony case. I think that's probably the closest I am to somebody. My dad grew up with somebody who ended up being the person that killed John Walsh's son. Is it John Walsh that does, um, not America's Most Wanted. Yeah, America's Most Wanted. Oh, yeah. Mandy, stop with those uh, eyes. Like, <laughs> you guys know. Wait, no, what is the one with the missing kid? Adam Walsh. Adam Walsh was the one that was kidnapped and murdered. My dad grew up with a guy that did that. So. Oh, that's, oh. Yeah, wow. or knew him somehow. Knew his brother. See, we don't know anybody. Sorry, no, we can't we help you. We're but trying she, to dig deep here, but that's a good question. That is a great question. She had like several replies. So somebody asked her if she did, and there was like 37 things. I, I read she the did. whole entire thing. I know. I was blown away. I we was, should have had you guys come on and talk about I that. Know, I was <laughs> terrified. <laughs> I don't know how you're still here. So um, next up, we have Brandon Cherry on Twitter, and he said, What's the one case you will never touch and why? So. Well, we talked about the um, Susan Powell one, but the other one for me is the Dear Zachary case. Uh-huh. Um, why can't I remember that? It would have been better if we'd come prepared for this. But the story of, oh gosh, Adam Bagley? I think that was yes. his name? Um, yeah, that case messed me up. If you've ever seen the documentary Dear Zachary, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, don't don't watch it. It's yeah, really, really heartbreaking and terrible. It's done so well, and it's an incredible story up until the most heartbreaking 
thing ever. It just is too much. So I would never be able to make it through that. No. I can't even make no. it through like the preview of that thing. The guy even made a new movie um, about Bat Boy. Like, remember whenever the whole city changed into Gotham City for the kid that had cancer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he made one, and I got teary-eyed watching that preview. It's also, like, uplifting and stuff. But just because I associated him with the other documentary. So that's a big fat no for me. What about you? So for me, uh, of course, that's a really good one that I wouldn't do either. But I would also say really any of the cases that have just been beat to death, like, I don't really anticipate us covering like John Benet Ramsey no. or like anything along that line where um, it's just been done so many times, like over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, just we because. just couldn't bring anything new to it, right? Um, but we did do Casey Anthony. <laughs> well, but in fairness, that was like a very connected case for us. Right. It was a huge deal in Orlando. It would be similar to living like next door to OJ. Really, I mean, right. it, it was so immersed. That's all that anyone talked about here it was a huge deal so well and then see we did Casey Anthony but also like I said we said before I had never done podcasts before so I didn't even know this was such a big thing yeah or that there were so many true crime podcasts where people already did this a lot of times and then after I got involved and I realized like oh okay there's a lot of uh different types of true crime podcasts and most likely they've all covered like the cases any case that you're going to cover so uh we try to find ones that um not necessarily that they haven't been covered, but we do try to find some cases that are maybe like not as heard of. Right. Or as we can others. bring something different to the table. Right. Um, TJ with Pines and Puzzles, he had some, I think he, you saw this, um, he called like podcasting and stuff similar to cheese pizza. Everybody, every, every shop uses different ingredients. Um, but everybody has their, I mean, uses the same ingredients. I'm doing a terrible job with this, but everybody has their favorite place they want to get it from. So, Somebody might like the way we tell the story of Casey Anthony, but somebody might like the way somebody else says the story of Casey Anthony. And there's so many podcasts you can find your own place in the world, wherever you want to listen. Right. What am I talking about? Yeah. Okay. I think you're just saying if you don't like us, find someone else. (laughs) (laughs) And don't leave a review. If you just don't like us, just don't leave a review. Just leave us alone. (laughs) We're not for you. That's fine. I know. We honestly don't care. No. (laughs) Just move on. Why do you hurt us? <laughs> we didn't do anything to you. Okay. Are we done? So we have one more question. And this is from the ladies at Corpus Delicti. Do what you want to. <laughs> I don't know what to say with that one. Um, and this is a good one. It was, if you could go back and prevent one case from ever happening, what would it be? All of them. Yeah. <laughs> All, All of them. them. So first, first thoughts is like the Holocaust and stuff like that. Right. But if we're talking a single case, what would you say? I have no idea. I feel like a terrible person to pick one. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel bad if I say like, oh, I wish Well, what's one that's affected you that you like would be better off if you'd never heard about? Oh my gosh. I would pick the Dear Zachary case. Like I have no problem with that because it just was heartache upon heartache. They're all terrible, Mandy. I I know that. think of one off the top of my head. Honestly, I can't pick one that I think is so bad that I would choose – Wow, you don't think they're that bad, Mandy? <laughs> that is not what I meant, and you know it. I have no idea. I'm just going to have to leave that one with a, I don't know. I really wish I could prevent them all from happening. but um, There you go. Mandy the Crusader. She's <laughs> <laughs> saving the world, and I'm only picking one. <laughs> right now, Similar I'm press. just hoping to prevent your death. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. 
So thank you guys for putting in questions for our Q&A. Up next, our children have a Q&A. We've already recorded that. It's a total hot mess. And It'll be interesting. Should be interesting. Thank you, guys. So now we have a few questions from our oldest children. Today we have Ashlyn and Mason with us. Say hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> All right. Um, and as promised, we do have um, a few questions that they are going to ask us. And then um, we have a few questions that we are going to ask them. So we will get started. And Ashlyn will take the first question for the moms. This one is from Stacy P. How did you meet and what made you start the podcast? Good question, Stacy P. Mandy, you want to take that one? <laughs> so we met, um, Melissa actually remembers that day very well, but um, we actually met through a mom's group. Both of us were just desperate for some mom friends after the birth <laughs> so of our lonely. second children. <laughs> so Yeah, so lonely. So um, we joined a group together and... We met several people from that group, but um, I don't know. I guess we just liked each other the most. <laughs> or no one else liked us. Or no one else liked us. <laughs> so it was a process of elimination, and now we're friends. <laughs> right. So um, I'll let Melissa talk about what drove her to this idea of podcasting because she actually came up with this plan and kind of um, just drug me along for the ride. So now here I am. So Melissa, what gave you this wild cockamating idea? <laughs> Thank you for being drug around. Do you like that word? Thank you for being drug into this with me. So I listen to a ton of true crime podcasts, and so I uh, wanted to make one that I really liked. Not that I didn't like other ones, but I thought I was interested, and sometimes there were cases I wanted to hear more about, and I researched it anyway, and so I thought, well, this could be fun. And whenever I found out Mandy liked true crime, then it was over. So I basically said, do you want to start a podcast and Mandy said sure no no the first time you just looked at me like I was an idiot and the second time I, I asked you and you were like okay and so that is as complicated as it was I already had the name moms and murder because I'm a crazy person and it popped in my head and that's where we're at and our kids go around telling people we have a podcast yes. called moms and murder which makes us feel really good yes <laughs> yay yay for you guys so the next question is going to be asked by my little guy mason so mason what is the question that you have for what us what is your proudest accomplishment oh that's a good one there's so many I've basically accomplished um, yes, nothing. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, there are. There, there are so many. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of them. <laughs> Great moments. Great moments. Uh, mine would be these lovely children. I would agree with that yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. I'm sure everyone expected that answer though. Yeah, but that is that would be. I mean, and also we have witnesses of our children. So would you get? Mm. Will we get away with any other answer? But you guys, I don't think so. <laughs> I that's a good thing I'm back, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, pretty yeah. much uh, all of my proudest accomplishments center around my kids. So, you know, it's a cliche answer, but it's the true answer. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, we have a question for the kids. You guys ready for a question? No. Okay. So, um, Des on Facebook asked, What do you want to be when you grow up, and what's the funniest sound you can make? So, Mason, what do you want to be when you grow up? Fireman. A fireman? That's a good job. Why do you want to be a fireman? Because it's probably gonna be crazy. You just there wanna you do go. you wanna do <laughs> crazy work. <laughs> Not because it's like gonna pay you good or anything. Or helping people. Would you like to help people, Mason? 
Yeah, you're awesome. <laughs> Ashlyn, what would you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a police officer. Nice. Why do you want to be a police officer? Because they um, do a lot of great stuff. They help people. Um, they risk bad, 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 bad people. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I just don't know. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, uh, well, maybe you and Mason will work closely together because Yay! firemen and policemen, they seem Whoa! to uh, hang around in the same circles for the most part. Whenever I heard he was wanted to be a firefighter, I'm like, oh, great. I want to be a police officer. And I had actually wanted to be a police officer this entire year. And that's wow. A whole year. Well, this is yeah. actually <laughs> the first time that I've heard Mason wants to be a firefighter. So we'll have to uh, delve into that some more and find out. Um, how long he's had that aspiration and <laughs> see what we can do to help it along. Oh, he just whispered to me and said since he was three. Oh, You wow. can speak up into the uh, microphone. Yeah, you talk. Yeah. Um, I'm scared of this question. Mason, what's the funniest sound you can make? <laughs> okay. Okay. Quieter because people have earbuds in their ears, so let's try this. I wish this was on video because it's much more disturbing. Okay. You guys asked for this, and so you have to deal with this in your ears. All right. So um, next, do you guys have any more questions for us? Yes. What's your favorite mom moment? Mandy, I'll let you go first. Favorite, favorite, or sarcastic favorite? Let's go favorite, favorite. That was what it says. Um... Gosh, I have no idea. Do you know off the top of your head? No, no. That's why I deferred to you. Please don't favorite do that. Mom, favorite mom moment. I mean, you have to kind of say whenever you first had your right, baby, but right? That, again, that's so cliche. When I was first born. But that's just what they, It. that's the truth. That's, that's just, my favorite moment. It's all gone downhill yeah. since then. <laughs> just no, kidding. it's wonderful. And we, what? No. You hate We're, us? No. <laughs> no way. We do not hate you really? guys at all. Um, um, let's see. I don't know. That's a hard one. Yeah, I think I would go with whenever you first have a baby because that's just like all the emotions at one time hitting you and you're like, oh crap, I have to take care of this person and I'm not going to be able to do it and this is too many things. So, um, I'm going to ask you guys a question or Mandy, do you want to ask the next question? Uh, sure. The next question comes from Melissa. Um, and it is, if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? So, Ashlyn, what would you have for a superpower? Invincibility. Nice. Ooh, I love that one. That's perfect. Why is that? Hashtag I'm invincible when exactly. she's my kid. Hello. <laughs> I hate getting hurt. It hurts. You hate getting hurt? Oh, I know. That would be good. a good reason to be invincible. What about you, Mason? <laughs> what would super be? speed. Super speed. Whoa. Oh, yeah. What would you do with super speed? Um, rush to New York within five Whoa. seconds. Why New York? Mm, to fight I... fires, Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And I can get there in like five seconds. Do you know anyone there? Um, mm, not that I know what. <laughs> you don't know anyone in New York? M- Mason, you know somebody in New York. <laughs> no way. In the state of New York. <laughs> I really don't. You don't? Not Nana or anyone? Oh, yeah, that's right. Will you <laughs> visit her while you're there? What if Nana's listening to this right now? That would be crazy. <laughs> and then, what would, I mean, she would probably laugh because you said no one lived there. Oopsie no daisy. There you go. <laughs> Mason, do you want to ask your last question? What's your favorite, what's your favorite thing about your spouse? Oh, Mandy, go ahead. <laughs> my favorite thing about my spouse, who happens to be in the other room, so he's probably listening, um, I would probably say, it would be a toss-up between 
his commitment to working, like hard working, yeah, and being dedicated to like what he does, right? Um, at first, that sounded like working so he can be away from you, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and then, of course, he's just a really good dad. <laughs> there you go. My goodness, this is cliche night. I know. I would go the same that whenever you get married, it's different whenever your partner becomes a parent. Like you just look at them different. Everything they see things through a different light, and so that would be one of my favorite things. I'd also go hardworking because we both. Yeah, I think that's kind of what you do. And that's kind of our life. Yeah, that's so yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate we're that. We're super dependent on that at this point. With my income as zero. Right. Um, yeah, I definitely need him to work pretty hard. So Yeah. Okay, well that part is gonna be edited. Okay, and then um Mandy and I have one final question for you guys. Uh, Mandy, you wanna ask? I actually think we have two questions. Okay. So Fine. We'll back up and go to the, the second to last question for you guys. So, what do you guys love about your mom? Now, take a second, think about it. Yeah, think about it. Get a good one. Don't think that long. Right. It yeah. shouldn't be this difficult. Jeez, TikTok. Mason, what do you love about your mom? That's me. What do you love about me? Um, She's pinching him, guys. She's pinching him. That you bought me a puppy. Well, that is a pretty good mom. That I bought him a puppy. Is anyone surprised by that answer at all? (laughs) That Ashlyn got a cat and I got a puppy. Oh, so that's your favorite thing about Ashlyn's mom. (laughs) Yeah. She bought her a cat. Thank you, son. And my favorite thing about you is you got Mason a dog. The end. What's your favorite thing about me? What do you love about me? I don't have a favorite thing about you. (laughs) (laughs) It's just because everything about her is so great, right? This. Look deep, Ashley. Look deep. What is your favorite? What do you love I about your mom? I see your face turning red and you're starting yeah. to cry. <laughs> this is going south, guys. Yeah. This is going as well as I thought it and would, And I also see you wearing a different sweater. <laughs> you heard it, guys. You heard it here. Is that your favorite thing today is that your mom put on a clean sweater? <laughs> Oh, it's our food. Oh my gosh. It's off the rails. We have our last question. My goodness. Take it away, Mandy. Okay. If you two were able to take over our podcast equipment, what would you make a show about and what would you call it? We would call it Critter Corners. Yeah. We've already planned. Oh, yeah. you have? Okay. Yes. We're already doing it. Oh, oh. Yes. What are some of your episodes about? Um, Cats, owls, um, orangutans, and... We did dogs, dogs, <laughs> and we did the one about tarantulas today. Part of it, yeah. Part of it. What are you inspired by with this podcast? Who inspires you? Um, no one. No. Not varmints. <laughs> I feel like oh, this is yes, straight varmint. up knockoff. Varmint. Straight up knockoff. Yes, 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 yes. We say everything that they do. We play intro music, and yeah. You play your own intro music or theirs? She plays our music at uh, the They <laughs> did play our promo. Which, oh, thank you guys. We need all the hits we can get. Yes, welcome. Absolutely. It's Great. not going on iTunes for a real long time because we don't have any money. Oh, and also, you stole somebody else's idea. What do you mean? <laughs> Paul and Donna with varmints. Are gonna come after you. <laughs> no, I played their promo. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, maybe they'll be fine with it. We might play a little clip of it for you guys oh after goodness. this. So um, <laughs> stay tuned if you want a lot more giggling. We've listened to it and it's literally the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yes, and it's awesome. Better yes. than your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our podcast is better. 
Okay. These yeah, are all children. No. <laughs> I'm dabbing, but you can't see me because you're in a podcast listener thingy. Does anyone... I don't think anyone's going to be surprised by any of this. No. <laughs> don't know what you're called, but okay. These are our children. <laughs> Hello. We had, like, talks about staying calm and everything, but this went off the rails. No, you haven't. Fast. We did earlier One today. tiny talk for one second. Okay, so it turns out you have to have long talks for more than one <laughs> second. No, 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 no. You can have it one second. Sure, sure, sure. Go sure, okay. Go ahead. All right, yeah, anybody, great. anything else you guys want to say? Final thoughts yes. before we play your show? Anything you want to say at all about us or about anything? About how wonderful we are, since, especially since you bothered to skip on that. No. No. <laughs> no, 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 we're you, good. Oh, wait. You don't have anything to say? Let's talk about the podcast that we want to do. Okay, Real when quick. we get older, like around... 13-ish. Sure. We are Maybe. going to run a broadcast and we're going to make our Facebook account, do Twitter, and we're going to put it on iTunes. When you're Whoa. 13. Yep. And okay. we're going to call it Tangents because we randomly do that. Oh, yep. you go off on we, Tangents? Yes. <laughs> we yeah. just go on online, the App Store, look at random things. Wow. wow. Um, okay, well, this you is can, taking a turn. T- t- no, no, no. You're just going to call it Tangents? Yeah. 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 That's actually Bro. what we should change the name of our show to. I know. So. Ours would be more accurately described. Our idea right. first. Our okay. idea first. Can't take it. Maybe we still have Arma's idea, but nope, nope, nope. So is there anything you guys want to say to the people who listen to our show, Moms and Murder? Can you believe that we have so many people who actually listen to us? Or anybody, really, is Can what you, she means. Do you have anything you Let want to say? Let me scare you all off. <laughs> okay. Cut. <laughs> Not getting edited? Woot! <laughs> all right. You guys want to say bye? You want to sign off? Bye. Bye. Have a good night and get ready for these little crazy children's uh, show at the end. You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Hi, welcome. Today we're doing our episode about... Go ahead, Mason. We are doing it about... Dogs are very exciting creatures. They're actually a member of the wolf family. Did you know that, Mason? Yes, I knew that. Dogs are always a member of the wolf family. Even wolves are a member of the dog family. I know! Isn't that crazy? Yeah, because dogs are a member of the wolf family and wolves are a member of the dog family. Doesn't it make sense yeah, at all? like cats are members. Thanks so much for listening to the Moms and Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode. You can also find us at momsandmurder.com where you can connect with us via social media. Please make sure you subscribe and give us five stars because giving us four stars would be a crime. Thanks so much.